Hey, yo, what's good? What's good? What's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the Road Podcast. Um, I'm DJ Crooked. We got DJ Never. Yo, what up? We got DJ D Miles. What's good? What's good? And we got Jamie the Great. Yeah. We're here in Los Angeles at uh, DJ City. We got the offices. And Damn. we got a special guest by way of Virginia. Hey. The legend, yeah. the lyricist, the <laughs> ghostwriter himself. Yes, yes. The legendary. <laughs> Skills, man. Thank what's you. up? Yeah. Oh, thank you. First, man, thank thanks so much for uh, taking the time to you know come through and be nah, on the man, podcast, my man. I'm I'm a fan of y'all podcasts. I oh, watch, man, I watch a lot of them, man. So yeah, I'm, I'm honored to be on here. Nah, I was yeah. so nervous to DM him the first time. I was like, <laughs> and, then when he re- and then he responded within seconds. I was like, oh shit, we on, baby. <laughs> yeah, so, nah. I, when you when you saw when I saw your name, I was like, oh shit. I was the same way. <laughs> <laughs> So you're in LA now, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I live out here. I've been out here for like about four years. Shit, you like it? Or? Yeah, nah, I love it. Oh, I mean, what's not to love about LA? It's funny how the traffic. That, that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, in, if for all the things that I do get in LA, like if the ground's going to shake a little bit every now and then, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll deal with that. Give or take, give or take. Do give or take. Do you feel like, uh, like hip hop is like really taking over the city a lot you know yeah man it's um you know to to be able to you know sit back and watch some of these kids do what they doing and and just carry the torch you know what i'm saying it's it's mm-hmm. it's dope man to see it to see it transpiring how it is i'm i'm proud of this place man for sure yeah. so yeah you're out here actually djing and stuff right mm-hmm. yeah and how do, i mean we always know i mean obviously insane freestyle lyricist oh man thank you and all of that and i want to talk about the nod factor because that was one of my favorite like records oh, back man. in the day mine's as well saying? man yeah. thank you man thank you and then, actually why don't we go back there it was the what was it the new music seminar battle for supremacy 93 yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 who was it who are you battling me uh, and uh supernatural supernatural yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh in the in the end it's funny because I, I just dug that video up maybe like and Supernatural was going to kill me because he actually gave me a copy of the VHS and I dubbed I dubbed it to DVD mm-hmm. and, and I can't find the VHS now. Oh, and shit. I sent him back a copy of the whole thing on DVD. He's like, yeah, where my tape though? Oh, but that's It reminded me of like some Wu-Tang shit. He's like, yo, where my tape at though, my son? killer tape. And I'm like, I said, yo, everything's on the DVD. He was like, yeah, but it's, I gave you that tape, son. Yeah. Like, it's in my storage somewhere. Every time I go back to VA, I always say I'm going to go in my storage and find it. Nat, I got you, bro. Because he, he was nice enough to give me that and let me hold it and flip it and digitize it. And I got to get him that tape. That's back. the OG, though, man? That's yeah. the master? Oh, shit. Yeah, that's the master. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, taped in a in an actual camcorder. Damn. You know I mean? Yeah, New Music Seminar 93. Yeah. But basically, uh, like, you came in second, but you got a record deal out of it, right? No, nah, I didn't. You didn't? You didn't. I got, I got a demo deal. Oh, okay. Um, uh, How does that work? Yeah, it was whack as fuck. Because <laughs> it was like, but you, you got to understand, like, second place then, I think he, it was, I think he won, like, it was Clark Kent's battle, so it was uh, World Supremacy. Uh, honestly, him and Clark Kent was kind of tight back in the days, right? So. I mean, not so, not so much, but what happened was, like, it was deadlocked. They couldn't figure out who won. It was Diddy. Yeah, I'm about to Diddy say that. Diddy was on the panel. It was mm-hmm. like Ty one from UMTV Raps, Sheena Lester from Rap Pages. And they just wanted us to just keep fucking rapping like all yeah. day long. So yeah. someone and, like and, taps right, out. And, and fucking, and, and if I can remember correctly, um, when I look back, because the whole battle's on YouTube now. You want to look it up? I, saw I actually it. That, posted that, it. I did some research on yeah. you. I did see it recently. They, they went with the whole, I think, 
Because Supernatural was living in Brooklyn at the time, but he was from Indiana. Yeah. So it was that whole, like, oh, you know, give it up for Matt Skills in Virginia. Let's give it up for Supernatural from Brooklyn. And it was like, oh, it was like, yeah. like yeah. yo, man, what the fuck, yo? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was mad as shit. And and then um, Clark Kent was like, yo, you know, um, Supernatural was like, yo, give him the demo deal. And he was like, yo, it's not a Titus Man one because he was nice enough to get a demo deal to Mad Skills and he's going to take the ring and the jacket. And I was like, fuck that shit. I want the ring and the jacket. <laughs> yeah. But looking back at it, Clark actually ended up doing like beats for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I had sent my demo out before that, but nobody was checking for me. So, But the thing about it was everybody that I sent my demo to was in that room. Mm-hmm. So by Monday when they went back to work, everybody's like, "Oh shit, this is the kid from from Friday." Yeah, like I had his shit, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was it was insane. So that's when the offer started coming in to get a record deal because they went back and listened to the tape. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was it was pretty crazy after that. Wait, so uh-huh. technically, what is a demo deal though? Like I don't know. It was more like so they get to listen to your demo. No, nah, it was like I get I guess somebody get, I get to make four songs. By I guess a key producer or whatever, but Clark Clark had did some songs for me anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and yeah, I ended up getting a record deal after that. But uh, I wanted the fucking I wanted that ring and that jacket. <laughs> but looking back at it, I'm glad I, I'm kind of glad I didn't get it because I got so many more opportunities after that. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So, how much How much is like freestyling evolved to like what it is now? It ain't shit now. Like cats yeah. don't even freestyle no more. So is it like written?s yeah, it's yeah. it's well, it's it's that whole cliche of you know what is exactly a freestyle? Is a freestyle actually spontaneous coming off the dome, or is it something that you've never heard before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always been a person that you know I could do it, but it was like basketball to me. It was like all right, I could dunk, but at the end of the day, it's still fucking two points. Right, you know what I'm saying like we still only up by two, even though the crowd's <laughs> all into it, the bench is up, we still only up by two. Fucking right. forty seconds left, we can still lose this shit. <laughs> yeah, so. I would say now cats don't put a lot of they don't put any emphasis into actually coming up with something off of the dome. But you know, back then it meant something. It was almost like an added ability to have. But now it's like, like nobody cares. And it's it's crazy because a lot of these kids they sound like they're freestyling anyway. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it's just not good. We always have that conversation because I feel like there was a time where if your favorite rapper didn't freestyle, he was or trash. Couldn't, couldn't write his own rhymes. Yeah, he was trash. You weren't. You didn't have no respect. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, he was trash. If you couldn't freestyle in '93, you were trash. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I always thought like freestyle was just like that one that one written joint that never made it to the album mm-hmm. that was really sick and they would just do that at every radio show yeah. right you know what i'm saying and 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 later like later even later on when i used to go to like you know you would go do stretch and bobito and then you would go to philly and do cosmic kev and and you would go down to baltimore and do butterman's rap attack like we could do the same rhyme Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Over my, my, this time might be over shook ones. Last time it was over flavor right. in your ear. Like yeah. we could do the same rhymes because it didn't automatically go to everybody right then. Mm-hmm. But later on, I started thinking. I was like, all right, freestyling is cool, but I'm not one of the best at it. I, it'll rhyme. It might not make sense, but mm-hmm. then I'm like, well, shit. I'm not gonna go on Rap City and actually really freestyle. Mm-hmm. Like that's stupid. Yeah. Especially when they oh, like, all right, well, we got. Cameron, we got Jim Jones and Joel Santana, and then next up we got fucking Pastor Troy. So you know you got one take. You and Tick in the booth. I'm not about to just. We in 18 million homes. I'm not about to not do something that's not prepared. No, right? I'm, so I'm just for the hell of it. I'm yeah. heartbroken now because that's one of my favorite freestyles. The ones you did in 
in the basement. Which oh, man, they was all written. Oh, <laughs> but you know what it was? You know what it was? I was very good at starting it out and even picking up where I left off. Like, I might, oh, say something uh, yeah. about your shirt, you say something about his kids, thing, yeah. and then go back to the written. The like, one with the Louis yeah. To me, that was always what a freestyle is. It's like you have your just rap written. But you add in like some something, yeah, yeah, something's doing right at the moment. Yeah. I got you though; it worked. Skills. Yeah. I was <laughs> He's sixteen. Heartbroken. <laughs> I was like, I was a teenager. I was like, damn, the back. You had the Louis V backpack. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, um, thank you, thank fine. you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Santa's not real. I'm just like, this is it. <laughs> no, oh, but it's man. it's like a, it's just taking like a bunch of rhymes from here and there, and then if you just wanted to piece it together, you would right. just put something in the middle and, and right. And but I got one. I got to one of those places where I was like, freestyling is not as important as killing it. Right. You know what I mean? I remember mm-hmm. doing like the BT cipher. Like fast forward to like the one Ooh. year I got into the BT cipher. So. Or the one year you didn't get to be right, second. so I didn't like they never, they never picked me for it. <laughs> that was, and was amazing, like, and I was like, why the fuck do these cats keep not fucking picking me? Like, damn, I'm out here killing it, whatever, whatever, uh-huh. and fucking so. Um, I had some guys um, shout out to Visually Inclined. They were doing my videos at the time, so I was like, listen, this is what we're gonna do. I already know Premier did the beat. Premier told me what beat he used. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it. I'm going to do one on the rooftop. We're going to shoot it black and white. We're going to have cats behind me. When the shit's come out online, I'm going to put my shit out online the same day. 2010. Sec- next morning. So the mm-hmm. shit comes out, and it's it's mad people like, like, yo, how the fuck did I miss skills? I didn't even see he was on there last night. Like, I just mixed my shit in with all their shit. Yes. So then I added, like, Stephen Hill, who was, like, the, the head of BT at the time programming. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Hill took the video. And he retweeted. He said, "Yo, I got, I, I, I have to respect this hustle. Like this shit ain't gonna work for everybody, <laughs> but this shit was amazing. And as a matter of fact, Mad Skills is gonna be the first artist invited to next year's BET Cipher. So I'm like, still, it worked. Yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, it yeah. worked. So then next year, I go to New York to this warehouse, and I fucking, and I'm around all of these rappers, and everybody couldn't, nobody could remember that shit." Oh, like so I'm standing there now imagine so I'm also so this is the lineup you gonna rap first I'm gonna rap second you gonna rap third you gonna rap last right uh-huh. they say you know funky drummer or payback or whatever's the break beat click DJ Premier do it do it do it yo my name is Mad Skills this is the 2010 BT Cypher yo check out my man so and so so and so so and so so and so yo Premier run that shit first rapper start rapping fucked up started again <laughs> fucked up Start again. And this is not my cipher per se, but I'm just watching it. Fucked up again. Start over. Oh, shit. Let me run it back. Run it back. Da-da-da-da. Bro, we 20 minutes in. Damn. You still fucking up. On the first, it's, it's 20 minutes of tape that's already rolled. The second rapper hasn't even went yet. Damn. So I'm sitting there like, these motherfuckers y'all call hot? Yeah. Wow, like the rap game is trash. Now I gotta go back and see who was with you. Like, bro, it was so bad. Like, I, I tell you who killed it. Ross, Meek, Blind Fury. Blind Fury. Blind Fury. Blind Fury. Yeah, he, was a, he was a vet at that point though. Blind Fury. Forgot and that's all I can remember. Everybody else. We're starting this shit over. I'm like, bro, you started your... It's a 16-bar verse. You just started this shit over 28 times. Damn. And I understand being nervous and all that shit, but did you just write the shit on the way up here? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? I was, yeah. I was appalled. I was appalled. <laughs> I actually like the one that you did by yourself because 
you kind of brought in everybody cipher in one, and then you even put on the the suits that they wore. Yeah, the for good the, music, the good, good music, music like, like black so and white suits. It was like you change the cut, and then it has him in a suit doing the the tie shit. Because I'm from a I'm from an era. You gotta understand, bro. I'm from Virginia, so we never got our due. Mm-hmm. So if I walked into a radio station and, you know, this big rapper with this deal was just leaving and he did like a freestyle, I had to do four freestyles for each fucking DJ. I had to do 10 drops, hoping that they just might play my record. Like right, we right. always had to overextend ourselves to get noticed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was used to that. By 2010, I was used to that shit. Yeah. And I was using it as a, as a tool to get heard. Right. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was easy then. When you saw in that freestyle just how like all the other rappers were struggling and shit, right. did it make you just question like what it took to actually get a deal and to be famous and, and to be successful in the rap games? You should, like, you know it, I mean? it made me think about, I was like, it's a gazillion rappers that they could have got to do this shit that would have taken this opportunity serious. Like you could go back and get the Juice Crew, and they would have came in here and bodied this shit for what it was worth. Right. But right. I'm like, you went and got these kids that don't even fucking. And don't get me wrong, it wasn't even mumble rap then. We were still, it was still rap. Right, right. Like yeah. it was, uh-huh. it was still yeah, catch rapping. 2011. It was trash. It was. I oh, mean, I just. It wasn't that their raps was trash. It was just that their they, they effort. Wasn't prepared. They wasn't prepared. I'm like, you in 18 million homes. And you're not prepared? It doesn't make sense to me. But, that, I mean, like, if you fast forward to now, do you see that much of a difference? I mean, I'm nah. sure that... Nah, now they, now they don't even fucking care. Kids don't even care. They're just like, oh, it's, you know, it's whatever. It's what I do. There's, like, a, I there's, cool. a, there's a few that, that are good. Like, a few. Like this kid, yeah. Reason, that just signed a TDE not long ago. Yeah, like, yeah. He got busy in the last one and just passed. He had probably had one of the best ones in this BT Cypher this year. Uh, I wouldn't even know. I don't even watch him anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he killed it and left. <laughs> I, I like Because it was, it, it just, it like everything else, the quality just went down. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, damn, this is where we at. Like, all right. But, but instead of being, you know, uh, OG that's going to complain about it, I just, I don't, I don't watch so, it. Just move yeah. on. Yeah. Ebro just reposted something, uh, a quote from, uh, I forgot who it was, but they were just oh, saying that the. Will I Am. Will I Am. Will I Am, where it was just yeah. saying that the quality of rap is so low that it's like kids are just looking at it and be like, yeah, I mean. I could do that too, and they just it's coming in. I you know? mean, but it ain't. It didn't just get like that just now. Like yeah. I remember, I remember watching Get Rich or Die Trying, not the movie, like the DVD that came with with the, with the album. his his cassette, mm-hmm. and I mean with the album, and it was like uh, Fifty was like, "Yo, this the rap the one thing any motherfucker can do," and I believe when he said that, it just it took a it took a toll like on some kids. They were just like, "Oh, I could do that shit too." You know what I mean, so it just happened that way, and and I felt like once it did, it kind of it kind of brought it down. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So it just happened like that. Damn. When you approach uh, like because you did when you got your album, the Nod Factor, right? Oh uh, yeah, you, the album was called From Where. The single was Nod Factor. The Nod Factor. When you were working on the album, I mean, how did you approach the album? Like kind of because I don't know. I always I always pictured you as like. Like kind of like a not a battle rapper, but right. like just I like definitely a, was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, whole album was battle raps with hooks. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know how to make fucking songs. Outside of like maybe get your groove on and uh another song with um with a, I can't remember the girl's name. Uh, Move Your Body, the one with the biggie hook. Everything else on that album was battle raps mm-hmm. sandwiched in between some hooks. So um yeah. it was more so like a, a situation where um it was more so like a situation where I just was working, and I wanted to have a, a, a bigger plateau 
you know what I'm saying, to be able to push this music forth. And, and my A&R, shout out to him, Reef. Um, me and him were the, the type that just really wanted to, um, oh, that's me, I'm sorry. Oh, sure. Me and him yeah. were like the type that just wanted to um, just get shit done, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So I didn't know that I was going to end up with an album like that when it happened, but I'm glad it happened. I forgot about Move Your Body. Yeah, oh, man, it's junk, move yeah. your body. Yeah, man, yeah. yeah now nah, with the Biggie hook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was and that was supposed to be Biggie's record, like actually. Oh, that oh, beat yeah? was supposed to be Biggie's. And Clark Kent was like, nah, I already sold it. He was like, yo, Clark, nah. I need that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I need that. And he actually, yeah, Biggie wanted my beat, but I had already paid for it. Oh shit, really? Yeah. And then we sampled Biggie on the beat. <laughs> that was crazy. Like he was so fucking mad. He was mad at Clark. Like how was that whole circle back then? Was it like, was everyone just kind of like cool with everyone? Was it? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, like I was on the same label, like Artifacts, Double X Posse. Artifacts. But it was like XX. when 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 Biggie and Puff took off, and and the Bling era hit hard. It was like everybody wanted to be in business with like anybody that had anything to do with Bad Boy. Mm -hmm. So um, what happened was um, that's he that's how he ended up getting the label. With for Junior Mafia with Un, and um, then all of the money went, you know, towards Junior Mafia and Lil Kim and C's and all of that. So we didn't really get the push mm -hmm. that we, yeah. you know, that mm -hmm. we, because you know, it was like it was the shift though. Mm -hmm. It was like motherfuckers with mm -hmm. champagne and partying. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I'm yeah. out here with a backpack on. Yeah. Like yeah, you know that what I mean? Yeah. That was like the illest money train though oh, back man, then. It oh, just crazy. I had an R and B budget. <laughs> Shit was crazy. I had an R and B budget like. And 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 when we started working on the album, like, all right, wait, let's can we go into the numbers? What's the difference between a, a, a rap budget and a and an R and B budget? Oh shit, I had money for features. I had money for, you know, you had the open food budget. Like the homies, you just come, just eat. Mm -hmm. Like it was like they didn't care how much money it took to get the record made. Like right. they just yeah. really didn't care. So it, it, it almost felt like when I looked at the numbers and shit, I looked at like changing faces budget. I was like, damn, I spent just as much money as changing faces on <laughs> wow. Like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? But and then I looked at everybody else's shit and it wasn't as high as mine. So which me, which made me believe that they did have high they, you know, in the beginning they wanted to spend some money, they had high expectations for it. But um, you know, that's how you ended up with uh Clark Kent and Buck Wild and yeah, the beat nuts. The beat nuts also, right? They did not factor. Yeah, well, well, Psycho Les did not factor. Okay, yeah. But, I uh, mean, even though you know, Juju and Les always share credit, but yeah, yeah. I, uh, um, I don't. Juju wasn't in the studio with me at all. It was just me and Les. And it was crazy because the non factors beat was, you know, how Cash used to make beat tapes back then, and it was, you know, you it would fade into another beat or whatever on some Dilla shit. Like it would kind of fade into another track, yeah, yeah. and that mm -hmm. track would fade out. Yeah. So the non factor beat came on at the end of another beat. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Oh, okay. And he was like, yeah, I just chopped up like Superman 11. I was like, no, 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 no. I need that shit. And yeah. he pulled it out. He pulled out the disc, put it in the, in the SP and played it. Was it and like was the like, end break or something? Yeah, it was It was at the end of another whole song. But they just happened to be the same tempo. Like mm -hmm. They were both 94 BPM. Just the beat switched up. Yeah, the beat switched up and just did some other shit. He was like, yeah, it's my like interlude. And I was like, nah, <laughs> fuck that. That's the, that's the single, fool. Like, and, um, and I took that beat and it turned mm -hmm. into the Nye Factor. How did you end up linking up with like Timberland and, and... Oh, I mean, that came like later. Um, I met... Well, what was the in-between like after Nod Factor? After Nod Factor... Uh, they delayed the album to like 96. I think Move Your Body came out in 96. 
the album came out probably on the worst day in SoundScan history for anybody Damn. outside of me because I came out on the same day as the Fugees and All Eyes on Me. Oh, so it's yeah. done. <laughs> so So it's you. At this point, they was just like, just put that shit out. And it came out February 13, 1996. And I was like, so it was the score, you the and The score, all me, and All Eyes on Me. Oh, on the same yeah, day. Man. And the only thing that I looked, only thing that made me happy about it, I was like, well, shit, Lisa's in the stores. And, yeah. and people going to record stores today. Yeah. But, but wasn't that. I'm going to be the third motherfucker they yeah. buy if they buy that. But isn't it wasn't that the kind of thing where everyone was going to be at the record store, so it was kind of a good thing? Right. Yeah. I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure I got some sales because people yeah, yeah. were in the store copping the Fuji's album. And Pop was, that was like the first, what, double album? So yeah, yeah. He was death rolled out, fuck everybody. Like, so it was yeah. crazy. People in the stores. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> if they could have put me out a week early, it would have been great. Or maybe later. But, um, so that shit came out. And then... Uh, and then I wanted to get off because I was like, yeah, all the Junior Mafia, they, they spending all their money on Junior Mafia. Like, I ain't getting no run. Right, like, I, ain't right, no right. I might not even get a third single, which I didn't. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I wanted the fuck up out of here. So I got off, went back to Virginia, went back to work. And, um, and how were they? They just they were cool with it? Yeah, they was cool. They was like, yeah, nah. No. There, was, there was no ties? It was like, like no, nah, it, it was a commercial flop, so we good. You know yeah, so I'm like, damn, yeah. all right. So you wasted all the money, and they're like, yeah, okay. I mean, but I made a lot of money. I oh, got okay. a lot of money too, and I was living in New York, like you know what I'm saying, like yeah. Um, and the connects were there. I had already, you know, I broke bread with Large Pro. I had Q-Tip on the mm-hmm. album. You know what I'm saying, like, so you know, um, back home, it, it felt like it, it was a success at home, right? You yeah. know what I'm saying, commercially. It wasn't, you know, I didn't do the numbers that the score the fucking Fuji's did, but when you look back at those numbers now, like, who the fuck was going to do those numbers anyway? I'm about to say, did, right. did, did, your, did your company expect those numbers? Or? Nah. I mean, I sold, I sold like, a, I think I might have sold about 250 you so know, That's, that's really good. Day. So it wasn't bad, yeah. but it won't, it won't fucking 8 million. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? So I remember that era, though, it was all about... If you went gold, it was like a huge success, oh, man. man. That Listen. was a, a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like and it was like, it took me a while to get there, but you know, Junior Mafia was going gold like that. Lil' Kim was going gold like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was like, that was, you know, Biggie was killing Biggie, it. Bad Boy yeah, was, it was all it was behind any, that. Anything affiliated with Puff and Big back then yeah. was going to make some money. We got like a little question because there were some of like, there were some Biggie records that we heard. And obviously, with some Junior Mafia and Little Kim joint, like Biggie used to ghostwrite mm-hmm. for Little Kim and shit. Yeah. But yeah, around- I got a version of Biggie rapping Queen Bitch. I have that yeah. also. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but I was like, we were talking about life after death and shit, mm-hmm. and how some of the records sound like Mace. Mm. And we were, we were <laughs> <laughs> and like some of the flows on like more money, more problems. Yeah, of course, definitely uh, on more money, more problems. You think? Yeah. I think I think Mace definitely wrote Puff's part. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I don't think he wrote Biggie. Shit. You don't think he ever? You don't think Biggie would ever have someone write his own shit? Right? I, I was never there. So yeah, right. in, in in those sessions, um, but uh, you know, it, he definitely was in his bag. But but the thing about Big was Big could emulate. Uh, anyone else's right. flow style and it never really seemed like theirs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it was like Big was the type of person that he made records and when he made a, a full body of work, everybody was satisfied. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you want something for the heads? You want some underground hip-hop shit? Call Primo. I got that. Oh, you want some fly, like muddy-ass loops mm-hmm. with some hot-ass hooks? Call mm-hmm. Easy Mo B. I got that. Oh, you want that fly gangster, uh, a familiar loop? 
Oh, call the track masters. I got that. So everybody got satisfied from Biggie shit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you want, oh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, they the hot niggas now? I got that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, Damn. so he really big, big covered everybody's lane to where you didn't, you didn't ever feel like he was jocking they shit. Like, he was yeah. really on the same song with Bone Thugs, killing that shit. Right, right, right. Nobody else was on the Bone Thugs record doing Bone Thugs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Damn, they're just as good as them. Especially an East Coast rapper. Hell no. That's a great Big perspective. Big was good at that, man. I didn't think about that. Big, but the way he was it. rapping on, on with Bone. Yeah. But I heard it, he needed, like, to go back. Like, he had a second, he had yeah. to go back to the studio. because He, he was, was like, smart yeah. enough to know. Like oh this ain't it yeah yeah you know what I'm saying like come on like oh 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 dude from dude from Wu Tang Clan that's the hot nigga now Method Man oh mm-hmm. word that's what he doing yeah. call that nigga in here got yeah. that <laughs> but I, I think he kind of got him on the what I think Method Man kind of got him on the what though it's close it's, it's very super close, close. Yeah. I'm still with Biggie it's, but it's super really close. close nah it was close it was really close but really? I, I'm still with more I think Biggie. Method Man had by a, a slight movie. edge nah. you know what it was to me Meth shit was more gritty yeah. But but big shit was more like punchliney, you know what I'm saying? Like the kind of rap that I like. Not saying Method Man didn't have that, but he just sounded good. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like mm-hmm. I love that record, man. That That's record a great dope. record. Yeah, nah, that record was <laughs> amazing. So then you was back in VA, right? Um, I go back in VA and I meet Magoo. Um, Magoo like, yo, what you doing now? And I'm like, yo, man, I, I ain't on Big B no more. I'm just fucking chilling. And she like, yo, you don't have no deal. And I was like, nah. He was like, fuck that shit. Like, nigga, you, nigga, you the one. Nigga, fuck you, mean you ain't got to introduce you to Tim. So the No Way Out tour comes to Richmond. Timberland and Missy come down from Virginia Beach to go to the show. I meet Timberland. Timberland says, yo, come to the studio. So the and next by, day. And, and not to interrupt you, but by this time, like, Tim and Missy were, like, writing yeah, a bunch Tim of shit. Yeah, Tim and Missy. It was Aaliyah was out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pony was out. Was it like Gina Thompson? Like yeah, like, he he he. Hell, that yeah, shit was out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They they were they were definitely the they next were, the next ones. Right, right. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, so who was I, it, who was in the No Way Out tour? Uh, it was Bad Boy. It was, was that Bad Boy? Uh, okay. It was basically the Bad Boy reunion tour in '97. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. The Locks. Yeah, the Mace. Locks. Mace yeah. Kim. Um, Jay Z was. Yeah, I think it was in the I beginning wanna, of the tour. Yeah, I want to say Jay Z was uh, on it. Say Usher. Might have been. Usher was on there then. Yeah, because I did go to that show. So, um, okay, cool. I and, go to the, I and go Buster to, Rhymes. Yeah, and Buster, yes. Yeah. I go to the studio next day with Timberland. We do like six songs and shit. Damn. Um, and uh, he's like, yo, I want to sign you and shit. Like, yo, you dope. Like, and Tim used to just talk real, like, matter of fact, like, yo, you dope. I want to sign you. <laughs> and I was like, all right, shit. So I started working with him. And then that's when, you know, I'm around Missy at this point. Mm-hmm. So that's when I mm-hmm. really started paying attention to songwriting because i'm like mm-hmm. all right you know i had a record deal i had a you know i had a um i had a good little run like people know who mm-hmm. i am in va like yeah. this is what it is and then fucking one day missy came to the studio in like a a purple lamborghini and shit and i was like <laughs> fuck <laughs> like what the fuck is that like it looks like a, a crayon or some shit yeah. like so and she didn't even had she she had a deal but i don't even think she had a song out yet so i was mm-hmm. like yeah nah I'm, I'm gonna start. So I started watching Missy. You know what I'm saying? Like, and um, you know that's when she was doing songs for everybody. Mariah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Seven O Two. Yeah. Um. So yeah, SWV. Yeah. So everybody's coming to Virginia. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? So yeah. At that point, I was just like, all right, man. So I, that's when I really started paying attention to songwriting. Yeah. Damn. That's when it all began. That's when yeah. it all started. Can you kind of touch on uh? 
pause uh missy's like writing like her process and shit like she's very like technical and she knows because she's she's a producer you know what i'm saying um without touching anything like she's a producer she can definitely stand right beside your ear and say no i want it to go like like because she can sing melodies so well, yeah like how yeah. much control did she have with timbaland like how much oh, with, were they with, working together like? with her and tim it was for the times that i was in the studio um like were they arguing ever? sometimes yeah. yeah she'd be yeah. like that ain't it tim and be like oh man come on she like that ain't it wow, like she man. was because they they had a connection it was like it was like Wonder you, Woman and Superman. I mean, how yeah. did they how did they link up? Do you know? Like, um, I, he met her. I want to say in in like I think she went to school down the street from him or something like that. Yeah. Um, but they all were in the same area, and because you gotta understand, my my part of Virginia is about an hour and fifteen minutes from them. They're closer to the water. I'm closer in 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 like to going towards the west. So, um, you know, seven cities, seven five seven. That's a whole separate area. Mm-hmm. From yeah. from Richmond, and um, when I started going down there, um, that was you know that was when around the time that I started uh, working with Tim. But you know they were already up and running. Like Aaliyah was out, yeah. uh, Player I think Player was out. Oh, um, Genuine was killing it. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, yeah, nah, they they was moving, man. It was a lot of people coming through Virginia, and then fucking and then Pharrell and Chad. You know what I mean? Just yeah. come out of fucking nowhere, mm-hmm. and it's like I met I met Pharrell at like a Tribe Called Quest concert, like in the parking lot. Damn! Like he had on like silver, he had on <laughs> silver rain boots, a silver Donna Karen vest. Sounds about right. And and some black and silver goggles. Damn, you remember that shit? <laughs> I mean, silver everything is kind of easy to remember. Yeah, and his name was Magnum the Verb Lord. Okay, pause. Hey, yo. <laughs> I still call him that. To this day. <laughs> Magnum, Magnum the Verb Lord? Yes, that was his rap name. Shouts to Magnum. And he wanted yeah. to meet Q-Tip, and I had just finished rapping on stage with Tribe. I was at Hampton University. and um, Wait, what did you do on stage with them? Uh, Q-Tip used to let me come out at the end of the shows and rap over uh, the instrumentals that God lives through. Oh, shit. Uh, and it's right. crazy. Like, I was just telling somebody that story the other day, and I was like, yeah, I really don't even realize how fucking epic that shit epic was. That was. <laughs> shit, man. Like, yo, I used to rap over God Lives Through instrumental at the end of every tribe show. Wow. And yeah, like, then go back to work the next yeah, day. Yeah, the extended member. <laughs> never got right. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah, man, that was insane. How, and, uh, how when when you say go back to work, what do you mean? Like, I had a job. Like, I was working. Like, so after the record deal, fell through i went back to va and started working i was working at a parking deck because i was working at the parking deck before so yo my so uh one of our boys Rocticon, right mm-hmm. he's actually from uh like baltimore maryland right washington but he was like yo he's like yo add, ask skills if you can if he was uh working at a parking lot or some yeah. shit and he's like it was like a rumor going around that yeah no nah, it was real i worked <laughs> in a parking lot <laughs> in a parking deck i was the attendant and what's so crazy is the second time because me being naive, I quit the first time, got the record deal, Big B fell through, I go back to Virginia, and my boss is kind enough to let me get back on, and I was like, all right, I ain't never leaving this job again. Like, I'm never, like, because I had benefits, the whole shit, like, mm-hmm. yeah. so I'm like, yeah, nah, I'm never leaving this shit again. I worked that job until I couldn't work anymore. 
Like until I was literally like going on tour, and and it was funny because my boss was like super cool with it. Like her name was Ava. Like, and I would be like, "Yo, I gotta go to this battle in New York," and then she like, "Oh, just bring back a coffee mug." Like I used to just bring her back coffee mugs, and she would let me take time off work. Her collection of coffee mugs. Yeah, like I, I, it, it was insane because I wrote so many songs in that booth. That's crazy. Like, bro, I used to bring an NPC. Into the booth, <laughs> try to make beats. Yeah, um, I remember one time I, I damn near had a CD burner in there. Where's this fucking parking lot? <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's 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 so crazy because it's um, it's it's right downtown in Richmond next to uh, this place called the Landmark Theater. You used to call it the Mosque, but um, it was funny because last year I want to say last year they brought the school brought me back and paid me to come do a, like a one on one with MC Light. And I was just sitting there like, yo, I literally used to work right across the street. Wow. I still get paid for songs that I wrote in that booth today. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, bro, I used to get ridiculed. Motherfuckers would come out like, oh, man. Because, like, you know, I, I look fucked up. I yeah. look fucked up. So it's easy to make fun of me. It's like, yeah. yo, like, oh, man, I thought he was going to make it. I thought he was going to be the dude to put us on. He working in a fucking parking deck. Da-da-da-da. So it was like. Bro, I had, a, I had the Beamer with the, 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 I had the, the red Beamer sitting on 17s. I used to park that shit like right in the handicap space, like sideways. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was so arrogant and cocky, but it was like, because it was like I still was trying to live a rapper life, but I'm like, I'm working in a fucking parking deck. Bro, I would be on BET. You would yeah. see me on BET. You would leave your dorm to go to fucking Domino's and grab your pizza, and I'd be the guy sitting there but, taking. But your it's ticket. basically like you had money, but you were just you nah. Were just, the money wasn't there. Nah. And and some of I hadn't started writing the songs yet. Yeah. I was still I spent all the record deal money, but the thing about nah. it was the benefits. And I'm at a college campus. There ain't shit with girls here all day. Right, right. So I go to the dorms. We cipher in front of the fucking dorms and shit. We cipher. And I go holler at a girl. Da 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 da. Come back to work. Like, it was the best job I ever had. That's crazy. <laughs> Period. It was the best job I ever had. Was but, it was it tough though? Like uh, yeah, because it was just like you know. It, I mean, obviously, it was just like you know, you were at cloud nine, then you had to come down, right? And then you had to rebuild again. Kind it of humbled me. It, did. it humbled me in a point where I was just like, I'm not gonna believe this shit. You know what I'm saying? Until it's until it's really real. But at the end of the day, you know, I had a child at the time. I just had a child, so I was like, like. I don't give a fuck what I got to do to make sure my child is straight. Y'all can laugh at me all day. My mm-hmm. child ain't going to never have to go without. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, so mm-hmm. if, like, to this day, bro, it's still, it stills in me to this day. If I had to go work at Walmart tomorrow, I'd be working at Walmart tomorrow. Yeah. Period. Like, it, it just what it is. Yeah. It just so happens that I, I took a risk with this music shit and it paid off. But I'm never one of those cats that's too proud about, oh, I can't never go get a regular job. Yeah. Like I would mm-hmm. go get a regular job ASAP if you, I had to. Yeah. Do you think it's more tough nowadays for like uh like let's say someone in your position nowadays with social media? Yeah. It would have been like yeah. way oh, more man, tough. Bro, right? bro. Me being on the grand, I'd have been a meme. <laughs> I would have been a meme at the parking deck. Like with yeah. the ticket out, like <laughs> Don't quit your oh, day job. wrap up. Don't quit yeah. your day job. <laughs> oh, yeah, wrap up this parking ticket. <laughs> it, it was one time, even when me and Shaq, when me and Shaq got into the, uh, a little battle and shit, and um, 
Shaq said some shit about me and shit. And he was like, yeah, don't you work in a parking deck, nigga? It's like, take the keys and park this Phantom and shit. And I was like, <laughs> I was like okay, Shaq. How'd your big ass fit in the Phantom? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, Shaq. You got that. That's crazy. It was real. Like, it was real. So you then know, you were juggling uh, working at the parking deck. Mm-hmm. And then you was, like, bubbling with Tim. Yeah. But that was behind the scenes. Nobody really knew that shit. And I was mm-hmm. waiting for my turn to come back out. Cause I was like, when I come back out, like, like, nigga, I'm coming back with these Timberland beats, like, shit's gonna be crazy. And then, boom, shit never happened. Yeah, but I just, you, I just sat on Tim's label for like two years. But were you helping him with other songs? Yeah, yeah, I was definitely helping him, but I was learning. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then I ended up going on tour with Missy, mm-hmm. and Get Your Freak On came out, <laughs> and God, like, damn. gone. We was, was this doing what 99? Yeah, Spring Bling and all of oh, the shit, yeah. and MTV and. And it was it was me and Petey Pablo. Wow. So what were you doing? Were you hype like, man? Hype I was man. a hype man. So because Missy couldn't remember her rhymes, because uh-huh. <laughs> you gotta understand, Missy wasn't used to like performing. She's a studio rat. Right, right, Missy right. wanted to stay in the studio. So at this point, she's managed by Violator. It's Chris Lighty, you know, God bless the dead, mm-hmm. and uh, Mona Scott. And they're like, yo, you got to go do this radio show. We have to go do Power 99 and so-and-so because, you know, they play Get Your Freak On. It's in rotation. We have to go do their jingle jam. Missy's like, Mona, fuck all that shit. I don't want to do no shows. And then Sylvia was like, Missy, you got to go do these shows. So I would go on the road with her, and it was just this thing where Missy, she couldn't remember her shit. Damn. Like, but she wrote so many songs. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Them. So it was like me and Missy had this thing where it's like when she looked to her right, that was my cue to, to rap. And she was like, oh, yeah, that is how it goes. And don't get me wrong. She wasn't dumbfounded. Yeah, she would remember yeah. it as it went along. But it took a while for her to get there. But yeah. Missy wrote so much, she didn't remember it shit. So she was like, I don't feel like performing. I'm going to go to the studio. Yeah. Yeah. I need to be Damn. in the studio. Fuck all this shit. Mm-hmm. So how long did you tour her? Oh man, I toured with Missy for because she had hits on that album. Yeah, man, listen, Fuck. it was yeah, she had hits on, She's a bitch, and the rain was already fucking yeah. phenomenal. Like, did you did you do any writing on that? And did you ever get writing credits? For I didn't write. I didn't write for Missy. Um, I definitely wrote a lot of stuff in the Tim camp. And then um, what happened was, uh, Petey Pablo was around. And then um, Bubba Sparks came around. Uh-huh. Miss yeah. J was around. Terrible. Tim had a brother named G Dub. Well, you doing you a got lot that writing. epic freestyle on Ugly, right? Yeah, that's because I wanted that fucking beat. And yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I was mad as shit about that. And then um, I was mad as fuck about that. But that beat. was kind of like, that was just insane that I remember it just like. It, it just caused a lot of fucking, like everyone was talking about it because when you were rapping, you were rhyming about every. Hot artists and right. track that it was, was out called that your year. favorite joints. Yeah, yeah. And I took the same concept that KRS One did with hip hop versus rap, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and did it. But I did that a couple times in my career. Um, I was stretching Bobito freestyle was the same thing, but it was just newer. And then um, I think that was two thousand two, and I I went to the Puerto I went to Puerto Rico and did the Mix Show Power Summit with Tim, and then that's when I realized that. My shit wasn't coming out, and Bubba Sparks was like gone. Like uh, Ugly was out. It was like Bubba Sparks was like, "Oh, this motherfucker might be Eminem. Like this shit's about to be crazy." Yeah. Then I was yeah. like, "Fuck!" I was like, "My shit ain't never coming out." So I asked Tim to get off. Tim said, "Yeah," and then enter Raucous. That's mm-hmm. how that whole transition happened. Because I felt mm-hmm. like I, I was like, "All right, 
you know, I'm watching most. I'm watching. I think that was when most they put out most and Font Monch on the same day, and both of the albums did good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, I need to be over there. Like they like yeah, high yeah. tech, like Kwali. And then he was like, yo, you want to go to rock? I was like, I'll sign. I'll let you go, and you can take some songs. And I was like, all right, cool. So I left. So I'm like, fuck again. Mm-hmm. And so I did all this work, all this shit, and my album ain't coming up. Well, did you go back to the parking? No. Garage? No. <laughs> okay, okay. I was so good was, at that point. That was a progress. But uh, yeah. did, did anyone ever, did you ever maybe in the back of your head think like, why, what was up, two labels now? Like, no. No? Nah? Like, why did it was, they put it, me on the back burner or it was just timing? I never I mean? felt like it was me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I could still go in the streets and people like, yo, man, from where, man, it was my, my, my shit. And people like, yo, nah, Factor, man, that shit was hard. And mm-hmm. yo, that freestyle you did over so-and-so, man, that shit was hard. So it always felt like I had fans. And I always felt like everybody got, I feel like everybody got half a million fans. You just got to find them. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, I never looked at it like it was me. You know what I'm saying? What th- would you attribute? Just timing? Just like? I was like the industry. Yeah, it's just man. fucked up. Like, and, you know, at the end of the day, like, everything might not happen when you want it to. Right. It doesn't mean it ain't going to happen, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Do you remember any, like, kind of, like, legendary beat that you were in the studio with Timberland while you made it? That you're, like, you saw it from scratch, and then you saw it just fucking take Hot off. Hot Boys from oh, Missy. Missy. That boom, boom. Uh-huh. Boom! Like I remember that beat. I remember seeing Jay Z write. Well, he didn't write. I remember seeing Jay Z do lobster and shrimp. Mm. Lobster and script. And and he came in. It was me, Jimmy Douglas. It might have been somebody else there. And Jay. That was the first time. It was like it was like, oh, Jay Z don't write his rhymes. I'm like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Like everybody write their rhymes. Fuck y'all talking about. Like y'all believe that shit. (laughs) Biggie don't write his rhymes. Like yeah, yeah, whatever. So, so Jay comes actually, in. Oh, he comes in. Oh man! And he 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 asked Jimmy where Tim was, and Tim was like, "Oh, he 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 be back. He went to go listen to a mix or something." He's like, "He'll play it," and he played it, and he had a tennis ball, and he just he just he was standing there, and he took the tennis ball, and he just wall, I mean floor wall hand floor wall hand. He just kept doing that shit for like ten minutes, and then he was like, "All right, I'm ready." He was mumbling to himself, and she was like, "All right, I'm ready." So he's like, all right. So he goes in the booth. Beat come on. Hey, yo, Timberland, where Missy at? What? He does the, does the whole shit. Does the first verse. And I'm just like, whoa. Was it one take? <laughs> yes. I told you it's one take, Jake. <laughs> and I was just like, wow. He comes back out. He listens to it. And he's like, yo, he ain't back yet? And Jimmy was like, nah. He's like, yo, tell him I'll be back. And he left, and I and me and Jimmy Douglas looked at each other, and I was like, "Damn, shit!" I was like, yo, he really don't write his shit down. Damn, man. And that shit was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I was just like, yo, fucking hole. Like, yeah. I'm a, I, from that point, I was a fan before then, uh-huh. but I was just like, wow, like this nigga's gifted. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And when you met Pharrell, was he only rapping at the time? Yes. So he hadn't even gotten to production. He might have been. I didn't know if he was. He he told me he wanted Q-Tip to hear his beats. Uh-huh. So of, he must have been making beats at that point. But um, he did, I didn't hear anything. Yeah. And then the next time I saw him was Super Thug. Yeah. And, it's um, a monster. Yeah. It was like he had a red NXS. He came to a party I had, him and Eclipse, and they all had on like Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. <laughs> And he kept telling DJ, he was like, yo, that's my record. And DJ was like, yeah, yeah, it's my shit too. 
He was like, nah, nah, that's my shit. That's my shit. Yeah. He was like, yeah, yeah, nah, I feel you. That's my shit too. He didn't understand that he was trying right, to say, that's right. my actual record. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, he, he just thought he meant like, right. no, that's, like, that's, that's my shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, nah, to watch um, to watch him turn into what him and Chad to turn into what they turn into is amazing, man. Yeah. And then Crazy. you, you kind of like alluded to, you always had to kind of like pay your due or like get your just due because like New York Cats was doing it. Right. They was getting their due. But right. then, like, at the end of the day, are you amazed at how much talent has come out of that area of Virginia? I'm not amazed at it at all. Like, no. we just needed a shot. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, um, and, uh, you know, just, just early, like, when I was talking to y'all about, like, Drake, like, and just being from Toronto, like, I just left Toronto. And it's like, the people there, they don't feel like they got to leave to make it now. Mm-hmm. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, um, to be able to instill that in the people from Virginia, like, yo, we could make it and be from here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's a... That's a whole, that's worth more than what I would have sold mm-hmm. on from where or yeah. whatever from cats to see me and say, yo, like, nigga, I ain't give up because, nigga, I saw, I, the day I saw you on Rap City, bro, and I'm sitting there going, yeah, that Rap City shit I spit was trash. Like, that was, <laughs> that was what inspired you, cool, but I was trash that day. But for them to say that, yeah. like, yo, I remember being in eighth grade, man, I saw you on Rap City, this shit changed my life. And I'm like, it's just dope that they, they, they could feel like they could do it from home. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like you guys really changed the landscape of production. Mm. Um, I mean, what the Clips did in the early 2000s, what Teddy Riley did, yeah. Pharrell did. Like was, but Teddy, so Teddy's fast. from New York, yeah. so you got oh, okay. That's my fault. That's my fault. <laughs> He's from New York, but he, but he, he moved came, to VA. He came he and set Virginia. up camp in Virginia. Okay, exactly. Actually, I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't so know that. when that yeah. happened, um, yeah, nah, to, to, to just be like, yo, they like, yo, Michael Jackson's in Virginia. You're like, the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, yo, Michael's in the studio with Teddy, bro, down the street. You like, and you ride by the studio and you see all kinds of fucking Ferraris and shit. And you like, yo, like, it's possible. That's crazy. Like, that, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. he in there. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, nah, man, it really happened. Did you ever write for Timberland and Magoo when they came mm-hmm. out? Um, Not Magoo. You know what I'm saying? Um, I did some stuff for Tim back in the day. Uh, on 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 a couple of his projects early on, not I, I want to say the second and third album because yeah. I didn't know him when they put out uh you know they give it up we gonna show I wasn't with him around that album but second album um indecent proposal mm-hmm. and there was another album that came out after wait that which which album done. was like the the single with the love to love you was that the second that was, that was the second, second album okay yeah. they was popping by then yeah mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so it was like so you were writing on that joint. Um, yeah, I had a couple joints on there, like um, just and it wasn't even like here's the whole rap. It was just changing some shit, say this instead of that. Like, but how does that work now? You still get writing credit for that shit, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, I, you know, I was telling some people the other day, like you know, with I don't even call it ghostwriting no more. It's just songwriting. You know what I'm saying? Because some people do realize that in order to make a hit. You know, they might not be able to come up with all of that shit by themselves. Yeah. And some people mm. got businesses and other other things they're involved in. They don't have time to sit in the studio for fucking eight or nine hours and come up with some shit. Like, I'm the person that'll sit there for eight or nine hours. Yeah. And try to help you get to a point, you know, where you need to be. Yeah. yeah. Is that how you see, like, Drake? When people always talk about him and how he doesn't write his own shit? Because at the end of the day, like, these kids don't care. They act like they care. They don't. Like, nobody cares about but, who wrote it. But then, like, when you see someone like Jigga and you see the, his process in the studio. Right. And then you look at someone like Drake. Does it make you be like, well, Jigga's one type of animal? And then, like, Drake will 
is another obviously another type of animal, but it's different. Superstar. At the end of the day, it's like you want to be smart about it, or because it's like Jake. I, I like I just said earlier, he's gifted. It, that's different. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? To do what he does, like yeah, I could come up with some shit off my head. That don't mean it's gonna be dope, <laughs> right? Yeah. And the same way I was talking about yeah. freestyle, I could freestyle. I could say cat, rat, hat, sad all fucking day. He went, oh, he can freestyle, <laughs> but does it make fucking sense? Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like that's where people like Black Thought and people like that are like super gifted. But with Drake, I would say, even even when you say you know Jay, like this and the third, Jay was smart enough to know that I just want to love you. That hook was incredible. Mm-hmm. Even though it was Rick James, I'm a husband. You know what I'm saying? Give me that stuff. Like that was somebody else's song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and who gonna tell Hove you can't get that? He the boss. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, let me get that. All right, shit, I wrote the hood lines. I get credit. Like, shit, some, some cheese. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, some people just don't understand that. And I had a personal th- like question about Magoo. Okay, I might be able to tell you. <laughs> Maybe not. I, I was wondering, does his voice really sound like Q-Tip? Mm-hmm. It does. He ain't faking. That's ain't his. Faking. That's his actual voice. I was wondering. That's that crazy. Shit. He he talks like that. I have a personal question too. <laughs> what? <laughs> How many number ones that you wrote do you have? He can't say names. I know. Just give me the number. Maybe like seven. Seven number one hits. Shit. Like rap joints. Rap joints. Like maybe maybe like. Four Four rap joints, maybe like three, three, yeah, three R and B. Like, I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot of hits. Seven is a lot of hits. That's a lot. Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, you wrote R and B too? Yeah, I write everything, man. I write pop. I write R and B. I write trap. I write hip hop verses. So you still ghost write? Yeah, that's the reason mm. why I can't tell y'all shit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, is there a statue of limitation? Like, like, like I, get that? Nah, NDA, not, yet, that's not, like a, not like a not like a statue of limitations. But I, I remember going. I was going in. The, I went to the studio with somebody. Uh, it was a younger artist. Um, maybe about two weeks after the Breakfast Club interview, and um, dude was like, "Yeah, I brought you in to help him. I want you know he needs some help." And I was like, "All right, cool." Like, and um, the, the first thing the dude said to me, he was like, yo, j- I just saw you on, on Breakfast Club. He's like, and if you ain't tell Charlemagne who you wrote for, then I know you ain't going to fucking tell nobody. And I was like, bro, I'm not here to write for you. I'm just here to help you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a difference. Like, your manager and your label brought me in here because they think you just need some help. Ain't nobody saying you're not dope. I said, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, bro, like, I want the same thing you want, a number one record. Yeah. And you got this far by yourself. Like now, it's time to just you know we might make some magic, we might not, but you'll still be a friend to me after all this shit is over. I still talk to him to the day. If somebody saw me and him in a picture together, they'd be like, "What the fuck is Skills doing?" Oh my god, I wish I knew this. He's a cool kid. You know what I'm saying? What year was this? This was this year. Yeah, this year. Yeah, this was this year. So you don't look down upon any like mumble rappers. You're like, fuck, everybody's everybody. Man, listen, everybody got their own lane, man. And the shit, you know. Hip-hop, it's not... Yeah, okay, cool. So if I would have known that this shit would get as bad as it is today, I would have cherished it a little more in the 90s when we had it. (laughs) But at the end of the day, 
I look at it, it's like a car, man. Like, hip-hop was my car in the 90s. Me and you was in it. We had a good time. We drove it. We banged a lot of Wu-Tang, a lot of Mob Deep, da 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 Then you got older, I got older, and I gave this shit to my son. And it's my son's cars now. It's his car. And he's dogging the fuck out of it. He doesn't really care about it. He's not taking care of it like I would, but it's his car. Right. Like, I'm not walking up to him like, yo, you didn't fucking put no air in the tires. You ain't changed the oil. At the end of the day, the car's going to give out on him sooner or later. So I'm just like, I told you. Mm-hmm. But is, it's his shit. That's the craziest <laughs> analogy I've ever heard. It's his one. shit it's now. One. It's his shit now. Let him enjoy the times that he's going to have in it. Because it's going to change again. I don't want hip-hop to be the same as it was when it was fucking started. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, when motherfuckers first started, and an and old, a old head told me this. Like, when they first started, and it was that rhyme pattern they was doing, that Curtis Blow old shit. Like, yo, something, 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 That's how we chill. Like, when motherfuckers start, that's how people going to rap for the rest of their life. And then here come these new kids. You know what I'm saying? Melly Mel's. You know what I'm saying? All these kids come in and fucking running them. And they like, yo, two years ago, a friend of mine asked me to say some MC rhymes. Motherfuckers like, that shit ain't going to work. <laughs> they ain't rapping like we was rapping. Yeah. Like, yo, they took what y'all did and they flipped it. Now they doing their own shit. Yeah. Motherfuckers was mad as shit at running D. Yeah. Like, yo. Were they? How the fuck they rapping oh, like yeah, that? Man. Yes. Dude, yeah. How the fuck they rapping like that? Yeah. Cutting the shit in half. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, shit shit changes, man. We can't be... You, it's going to change. And then that, when Ven, after Van DMC, there was LL Cool J. No, LL Cool J, Rakim. Yeah. And then, like, things but, switched up. But it no one was shitting shit. on LL Cool J or Rakim, were they? No, no, the my motherfuckers were saying that Rakim was too laid back. Rakim was... They're like, yo, he sound like he laying down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's calling it 21 yeah. Savage of the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they all got ridiculed for something. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, when, when that first flow came in, the first rap flow, and then the second one came in, motherfuckers was like, that shit ain't gonna never work. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. look, yeah, that worked. shit worked for the longest <laughs> ever. Is, so shit's different, man. Is there like a sweet spot of a BPM that you like to like write songs like? 90, 96, oh, okay. to 100. Yeah. So maybe no faster than like 110. And those beats are kind of rare nowadays. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, to, you know, in the last few years from just DJing and spinning, like in the last, you know, seeing how music went, like we got to fucking, like motherfuckers got to give it up for mustard, bro. Yeah, hit a run. Like, because if it wasn't for mustard, we all we would still be right the fuck here. <laughs> Mustard came in with that. Mustard on a beat. Hope. If it wasn't for that break in the middle of the party, we would we would be here for five hours straight. <laughs> Period. Thank you, Mustard. Thank yeah. you. Give us some hands for Mustard. Well, why do you think no other producers are tapping into that range? Because the kids don't like it. 
And not, not everybody's a DJ that knows that's a sweet spot. Actually, right. Actually, it's kind of become the Cali sound because a lot of YG records in like yeah. 90 to 100. Ty dollar sign. Yeah. 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 Ty. Yeah. That's, that's, that's that camp. Yeah. And that's all coming from us. But also yeah. when you look at Hyphy, Hyphy stays up in 100 BPM, yeah. 90 to 100 BPM. Yeah. So it's like a Cali, it's kind of like a Cali sound right now. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Thank yeah. God for mustard, man, because yeah. we be turned all fucking night. <laughs> we'll be in the 76 BPM range. <laughs> Hell yeah. So... Going back to when you said you were working with like the younger artists this year, mm-hmm. where you were kind of like almost like not a vocal coach, but you were like a consultant almost. Right. Is that how you approach all ghostwriting, or do you like literally? Are there some situations where you're just literally you write some shit and you do a reference track and that's it? Sometimes I do a reference. Um, producers will send me some beats. I'll do a reference and. Um Sometimes I write a hook. Sometimes I might write like one verse. So there's not like one situation. It's like multiple situations where like, yo, we got this song, but we can't think of a chorus. Right. Or so it's kind of like in in uh, Hollywood when they have a script, they're like, this script, you know, we just need the dialogue rearranged. And it's, so it, and it, it's funny that you say that because it, I call it a, in Hollywood, they call it a rewrite. And uh-huh. that's the same thing I call it. You get what you get the first rough of it. You take the meat and potatoes, you take all the good shit out, right. keep that, and then you mm-hmm. keep adding until you have something that's good. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, um, you know, I might get a reference with just somebody mumbling on it. And they just don't know that that second mumble, that should be the hook. Mm. This other, that other part, that's trash. I'll give you a whole new flow, but that second mumble, you really wrote the hook. You just didn't know what the words were. So it's your melody. I'm just giving you words. I'm real good with words. So... I think some of the best rappers, some of the best songwriters are rappers because we better with words. Yeah, yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I had to learn melody. I learned that from like Tim and like Missy, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, it's certain rules that I, I, I try to in, implement in all of the songs now. Like, just like the math of it. Like, do you see everything like, because I used to rap back in the day, but I used to like rhyme back in the day. Oh, he was, was mean like, with it, bro. No, nah, I wasn't. But. Scribble jam. Champ. I used to see everything hey. in like a like literally like the old school four meter like the four. Yeah, nah. You just do you look at it all kind of like that and then break it up to like the four turns into like kind of sub eights right. and then sixteen. And then sixteens, yeah. And then you it, just fitting words in there, kind right? Of. Because sometimes you know you could put it in that in that format, but then at the end of the day, sometimes when I think about it now, it's more like a vibe. Yeah, yeah. these kids don't give a fuck about what they're saying. How does it make you feel? It's about a feeling now. Because mm. it could be a record that he doesn't say anything, but it just feels like something. Does it drive you crazy, like the new, like, offbeat rhyming shit? Sometimes, yeah. Because I'm like, damn, you don't hear that snare? <laughs> that's the fucking, that's, that's, that's what we set our whole shit around. Who was the first dude that did that? I feel like E-40, was it? Where they were just, like, slowing down and speeding no. the words back up, kind yeah. of, you know what Soak I mean? Soak the shocker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. But I think 40 was first, right? 40 was definitely yeah, first. Yeah. 40 yeah. was the first with a lot of shit. Sugar Free yeah. was our, like up, down, up, down. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sugar Free, yeah. yeah. But 40 was... DJ Quick as well. And 40 was known for that shit. And yeah. he's a fucking legend now. But like, now... We, I didn't like 40 in the beginning. Nah. <laughs> but now that I... Like, bro, I met him. One of the nicest guys I ever met. Really? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I was on Raucous. I was with Ben Willis and E-Rock. And they were like, yo, 40 fucks with your record. And I was going up there to see uh, Big Vaughn, and they was playing my record on Power uh, KMEL or whatever. It was Crew Deep. I think it was the shit with High Tech took the uh, Rappers of Light shit and slowed it down. And they were like, yo, E-40 fucking with your shit. And I was like, so? 
<laughs> they was like, who's that? <laughs> I, was, I knew who he was, but I was like, yeah, so? And they was like, nah, man, you got to let 40 want to get on your shit. And I was like, yeah, nah, I don't fuck with E-40 like that. <laughs> and they was like, nah, skills, trust me, if, if 40 get on your shit out here, that shit, the spin's going to triple out here, bro. Like, trust me. I was like, yeah, nah, I'm not doing a record with <laughs> And they was like, nah, man, he want to meet you, man. He want you to come out to the crib. I was like, bro, I don't like E-40. Yeah, yeah. Went to his crib. Fucking the gates opened up, met him, sat in his house, <laughs> drank some Rossi, like, and he was the exact same way that he was on every record. So my DJ was playing this. I was on tour with Fifty Cent at the time, and my DJ was playing songs. And he was like, "I'm telling you, bro, you got a fucking slapper, fool. Like this shit is like he this how he yeah. talking to me." I stayed in his house all night. One of the nicest guys I ever met. I left that house like. That's a cool, like, if you say something about E-40 right now, I might smack the shit out of you. Just because he was a cool-ass dude. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't understand the whole Bay Area shit yet. Yeah. But Until you after, me there, yeah, after meeting him and hanging out with him, one of the coolest motherfuckers I've One of my best memories in hip-hop is going to E-40's house. Damn. Wow. Everything was white. Like, he had a, he had a picture of fucking Muhammad Ali and Michael Jackson. So, Michael Jackson's a kid. And Muhammad Ali is 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 an adult, and he's standing next to Michael, and he got his he's talking some crazy shit to Michael. And Michael looks scared as shit. And it's the best <laughs> picture I've ever seen. I only seen it at E40's house. Wow, like man. amazing, cool ass dude, cool ass dude. Yeah, wow. man. Like I feel like people outside of Cali didn't really care for E40 coming Ooh. up. Like nah, that was we, Cali. we didn't nah. get it. We not didn't really, get it. Not at all. Yeah. But it's it's like one of those things where it was a movement in that area, yeah. and it had spread all over Cali. Even Southern yeah. California didn't fuck with it. And I no, it was a Bay Area yeah. thing. I didn't real. appreciate it till I saw Bay Area motherfuckers like go, turn up to go, that go, shit, and I was like, wow, like this is this is yeah. a thing, yo. He was like, just a uh, nice dude, man. Like yeah. cool ass dude. Do you feel like? Because sometimes I hear like older rappers, and I like that offbeat shit. Mm-hmm. It seems like over time, I don't know what it is. Obviously, as they get older, or whatever, do they start just laying like lay? They're just more laid back, and they start. They get a little sloppy with their flow, or they're too comfortable. Either either they're trying something new, or and they just kind of lost touch with where it is now. Because like Nas used to be sharp, and Fair. I feel like he got like a he got like it just kind of like I don't know if it's like laid back or it's just His like swag just took over. It was always beats with, with me with Nas. I just wanted to hear Nas over the right beats. Yeah. When you hear Nas over right the right track, it's, it's amazing. You mean by the right beat or the right BPM? Like he shines on only a certain like kind of BPM, like yeah. 90, yeah. 90, But that's because what he gave us, what he gave us. And don't get me wrong, like you could, like Nas could get up to them, to them spots where he's, he's hit some hard ass fast BPMs. Like, yeah. I think, like, uh, you, you owe me is like 115. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Hip hop is there. But yeah. it was just that. Poof, poof, poof. Yeah. He, he just knows it. Mm -hmm. But some of them, you know what I mean? I wasn't fans of them all, but. Timbaland did that, right? Yeah, yeah, Tim did that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know. You grow like and and during the span of a fucking twenty year career, you damn near gonna rap over everything, yeah, you know, or at least try it once. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Like I hear it in like Jigga's flow a little bit too. Like yeah, it just gets a little like I don't know if he's just like kind of like a I feel like you know like a jazz player where they just kind of like right. or like an R&B like, like an R&B singer too like, like hitting riffs or something yeah like an R&B singer sometimes they sing like the same song and they'll just like kind of twist it up they'll Change be a little up a lazy in certain areas and then speed up 
the you know right because they're just tired of doing the same fucking song. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like every night. Like, imagine you got a hit and you got performing shit every night. You want to do it? Mm-hmm. Like DC might get the go go version. Like I might do the <laughs> reggae version. So and so. Like you don't want to do the same shit the same way every night. You said you was on tour with Fifty. Was that during the um, Give Rich or Die Trying? How did that work? I, was it like fucking, a leg or was my, the, I did the whole West Coast leg. My booking agent was like, yo, you want to go on tour with 50 Cent? I was like, hell yeah. yeah. Damn, I was son. opening up for 50. That's crazy. I actually, we did Vegas too. We came to like the House of Blues in Vegas. Was this? Was this, this was the, 02 because the rapper okay. was, I was selling fucking CDs out the, I was selling CDs out the ass. Yayo was locked up. I remember because everybody had the free Yayo shirts yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, nah. That was insane. <laughs> I just remembered that. Was oh, that oh, Give oh, Richard Dot Trying? Yeah. yeah. Was oh, that, two, I mean, oh, two, yeah. yeah. When, when did uh, Get, Get Richard Dot Trying came out? Oh, oh three. Yeah. Okay. That must have been. So it was Wankster. Wankster was Wankster, yeah. Wankster, yeah. Wankster yeah. in the uh, Eight Mile. Yeah, eight exactly. Miles yeah, that's how. Okay, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah nah, man. It was, that shit was insane. Was that crazy to witness? Yes. Because it was like, it was 50 pandemonium. He probably don't even remember. So, like, who the fuck is opening for me? Like, I don't fucking care. It's just me and Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it was like he was the hottest thing smoking. And I did that whole tour, man. Like Was there shootouts? Because I remember I seen who could say like Yeah, like, it was it was it was legit. It was legit. And what's so crazy, I would come out and the venue would be packed because motherfuckers was there super early. I remember going to places, bro, where they had to film him on stage and project the image somewhere else because it would they couldn't fit enough people in that one venue Damn. to see him. It was pandemonium. So they were showing his show. Outside they were showing the, the show venue? somewhere else. Yeah. It was like a fucking. It was, but no, they charged thing. tickets for that too. Oh, like another warehouse. Like, yeah, you could go like look hook. at Fifty live. <laughs> like a closed circuit. I think arena. I think we did one in like Seattle or some shit. Because I think that's when he hooked up with Jake One. Yeah. Because yeah, nah, it was crazy, man. Wow. Damn, I would have been tight though if I walked in. They just had like a, a fucking, fucking screen, screen. A projector. <laughs> <laughs> He was the first fucking uh, was that, hologram. Was that um? Was that like weird to coordinate because of his following and then maybe your following or did it tie? Yeah, backpacker and gangsters. I think, I think at, at that point it didn't even matter. The people didn't even care. It's like oh, because I had to rap about, and that was the the clinch song. I remember the the, the raucous album didn't get released, so I was performing songs off of that. Um, but a lot of them kids didn't even fucking. They I don't even think they knew. It was like I had like twenty minutes. Yeah. Like, bro, I was. We were going around in an RV. We was in an RV. I remember I came to the House of Blues in LA in an RV. In 03. <laughs> Damn. Drove down one of them little ass streets and the ones that just like fucked steep. up everybody's car down the street, yeah. and then we hid the RV. Off of like Hollywood and like Highland and shit. Yeah, well, that fucking <laughs> before I was living. <laughs> that that street in uh, House of Blues is just fucking steep. Yes. Well, you I drove an RV down that street. <laughs> it's a small street, by the way. It's a very tight street. <laughs> Insane. So how was Rockus when you when you signed with them? Awesome at first. Then they sold half of it to MCA. And everything changed, right? Yes. Because yeah. they was trying to get Nelly to do records with like Coogee rap and shit. Really? <laughs> it, was, it was insane. That sounds very Rockets painful. was the only label I've ever been on where it didn't matter how much money they made. It was like somebody's pet project. It was mm-hmm. like, yeah, just put it out. Like, oh yeah, well, high tech wants this, just put it out. It's like it sounds like independent. Yeah. It was just like it was like, yeah, but they had money though. 
So then when they get it, because Rockers was damn near like the new Def Jam. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It was like when you got that record with that label on it, you didn't even give a fuck. You, you figured that the record was going to be half good because it came from Rockers. Yeah. I see that razor blade. Right. I'm fucking with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know who this guy is, but it's Rockers. Yeah. So they had a, 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 certain, a certain fucking, you know, standard with it. So who was their biggest artist at the time? Blackstar? Yeah. Most Def? Most Def. Most. Yeah. Most. Most, and I love and then, that album. I love that album. Wait, so Rockus, what year was that? Like two. Um, this might have been like four thousand. I think I, because the first wrap up came out in 02. So it was oh four maybe. Yeah. What made then that album didn't come out either. It only came out in like Canada or some shit. What made you want to do the the wrap up? Yeah, let's talk um, about that. So I did a I did a mixtape with all like Neptune's beats and um. My homeboy, my manager at the time, was like, yo, um, you should rap over Come Close. And I was like, for what? He was <laughs> like, because it's dope. And I was like, it's basically like a, it's like Benita Applebaum drums. Like, he's like, yeah, but don't nobody even know the Neptunes did that shit. And I was the, like, uh, common record. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, yeah, that's dope. He was like, I said, but yo, I did like grind and I did like what happened to that. But I rapped over all the hard Neptune shit. Yeah. He was like, yo, you should just end the mixtape on some chill shit over the Come Close beat. And we were about to put it out at the end of the year. So... Yeah. I was sitting down watching TV and I was looking at all these countdowns and I was like, oh, maybe I'll just talk about what happened to the end of the year. So maybe if a person gets to the end of the mixtape, they'll get like a little recap on what happened at the end of the year. So I put the mixtape out. Song starts going crazy. People start playing it. And I'm like, why the fuck they playing that shit? Like, I killed grinding. Like, why the fuck they ain't played grinding? That was a wacky fucking time. Right, I body what happened to that boy. How the fuck are they not playing that? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. everybody's playing this recap song. And then it comes around to the next year, and they're like, yo, you going to do another recap song? And I was like, no. It's like, oh, three. It's like, yo, you got to do one. And they, and they always say the same thing, like, yo, because this year was insane. You got to wrap up this year. And I'm like, all right. So I think I did it over, like, the You A Customer beat. And I went with, like, hip-hop, uh, hiphopsite.com. We did, like, 45s, and they pressed them up. That's and crazy. then it just started, it turned into its own fucking thing. And yeah. it's just been that ever since. My favorite one is the 09 one. I don't even remember that. <laughs> it was a good one. What was the old night one? Yeah. Do you remember? Who, who, did, who did the beat for that one? Uh, I don't I, remember who did the beat, but that was like one of the first ones I heard. And it's when Michael Jackson died. Right. And then Obama got into office. Yeah, yeah. I do said, remember that. I'm happy my grand, my granny got to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny because it's almost like they're like time capsules now. Yeah. 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 And, and this song becomes like, it, it grows bigger than me, like. I'll be at the airport. It'll be August, and TSA will be like, "So I know you're gonna do a wrap up." And I'm like, "Oh shit, yes, <laughs> August." You should put on TSA. Just put them all together. Put an, put an album anthology. Like, yeah, I, it, it is. It is some on iTunes, but those are the ones that because after a while I started realizing, all right, I can't sell it if I if I rap over somebody else shit. But yeah, yeah. Then the internet came, and I'm like, yeah, "Fuck it, just rap over whatever you want to." And um. Bro, that's the one song that people will not let me stop. It's a classic. I'm going to do why you never did it for 2013. Because I said I was finished in 2012, and yeah. the ESPN called me. And mm -hmm. ESPN was like, yo, we want you to do a sports wrap-up. And I was like, yeah, I'm finished doing the wrap-ups. And they was like, oh, well, okay, well, damn, we had a budget. And I was like, <laughs> what's the budget? I was like, what's the budget? And they told me the number, and I was like... <laughs> 
And I can do a rap. I guess three verses are coming your way. And then they were like, they were like, no, we'll send you all of the stuff we want you to rap about. Um, we'll send you producers' beats, and you can just do it. And I was in Asia at the time, and I, of course, I had to set up with me and shit, Pro Tools, laptop, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I did that shit in a hotel room, in like Hong Kong, and sent it back. And I was like, I can't believe I just made that much money. And, oh, so and so I never did a regular wrap up that year. I just did the the ESPN one. Yeah. And, um, and then by the time the next year came around, it was people were like, "Yeah, now nah, you gotta do it." And I was, I was hyped about it again. I was like, mm-hmm. "All right, cool, I'll do it." How long did it take you? When I did it in the hotel room, that was easy because they just they gave me all of they the names. Out. Mm-hmm. You know, the Yankees one and LeBron. Mm-hmm. That shit was easy. Um, but for the most part, it just depends. Like I usually I have a I have a a, a, a you know a way that I do it. Usually I start. I don't start thinking about the rap until Black Friday. So mm. when Black Friday comes, I start thinking, okay, well, what beat? You know, am I gonna do it over? Or whatever, whatever. Because mu- the one thing about music, bro, is they don't give a fuck about pressure. Like I could be mm. like, oh, I, should, I need to finish this tonight. Music be like, yeah, nah, you won't finish it tonight. Right. Yeah. So I have to start it to a point where it's like I, I have enough time or a window. Because people like they really go ham over this shit. Yeah. And I remember yeah. I was I remember saying when I, I remember when I was like I'm I'm done with it. It was one dude, he was like, Yo man, you gotta understand, like every year I drive to Pennsylvania on the second of January, because I have my son for the whole month of January. He was like, I pick him up, we go to our favorite spot, we eat, and on the drive back, we listen to the wrap up. And wow. I was like, Really? He was like, He's fifteen now. He's like, We've been doing this since he was young. And I'm like Wow, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Right. So he's like, no, 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 you can't. You can't say no about that. Yeah. Like so, that's tradition for them. Yeah, it's bigger point. than me. And and you know, I thought about it. I remember, I remember telling my manager at one point when I was rapping. I was like, I don't want to be fucking fifty years old and fucking doing wrap ups and shit in Vegas, nigga. I ain't trying to be doing that shit. He was like, if you're fifty years old and you're rapping in Vegas, that's not a bad thing. And I was like, damn, he might be right. He was like, you You have one thing that people want, and they only want it from you. I don't give a fuck if it's one song a year, but they only want it from you. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. He's like, that's special, bro. Yeah. And hip-hop, yeah. that's yeah. special. And I, I never looked at it that way. Mm-hmm. And now I look at it that way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, when uh, Quincy put me onto your rap ups, and he was like, yo, you gotta listen to this dude. Oh, man, shout out to Quincy, man. That's my young boy. And then he was like, yo, yo. So one time I was in Mexico, <laughs> and then uh, he's like, I was like, yo, did the rap up come out? He's like, yeah. I'm like, yo, I can't download it. He goes, yo, I got you. He just sent me some weird fucking link. And I heard the rap up in Mexico, but that's that's right. I'm, yeah. Wow, man. That's dope. Yeah, that was man. the thing. We talk about it all the time. Every yeah, Quincy year. usually hits me like, yo, man, you going uh, what's up? Is it coming? Like, da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, man, I got you. Yeah. I mean, DJs dude, really look forward to that. I'll be listening to uh, like satellite radio and they're talking about it early December. Like right. looking forward to the and, rap and, up. And I didn't realize that, you know, some people are like, yeah, no, I, I Cats will hit me like, no, I got to have it now. And I'll be like, bro, I'm not finished with it yet. They'll be like, yeah, skill, but my last mix show is the 26th. So I need that shit. And I'm like, it ain't ready yet. And they're like, yeah, "Yeah, but (laughs) you got a minute of it? I mean, I need something. And I'm like, like, every Batoni touch, like Premiere, they all be like, yo, it's done. Like, Mm -hmm. And that's why I stopped cursing on it. So I didn't even have to make it clean. I'm just like, just make it clean. Like, but yeah, nah, it's a big deal, man. Like, it's funny, man. It's a big deal. It's amazing. Yeah. Does it ever shock you, like, that, uh, like, I remember, like, hip hop back in the day, there was, like, a time limit to how long a career could last in hip hop. Right. 
And to the point, like, you know, your manager said, if you're 50 years old doing this shit, you know, he's like, that's not a bad thing. Right. Does it ever surprise you? And then we see, like, Jigga still rap, like, putting out albums. Right. Almost close to 50, like. Put, still putting out hot verses. Yeah. 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 Like, you just had that that last hot verse. Yeah, that meat junk. Meat junk, yeah. Now, I feel like, I feel like hip-hop is one of those things where, man, you know, we are blessed enough to be able to still do this and do it at a high level. And, I mean, mm-hmm. it changed my life, so. You know what I mean? Like we the only genre, but oh, you too old. We don't have too many old dope motherfuckers. No, you know what I'm saying. We were just talking about like old looking DJs, and there's not really old looking DJs <laughs> for hip hop. Yeah, so, nah, nah, so man. So there's not even old rappers. And it's like funny that, because man. it's like when when it comes to DJs, like I listen to, I really paid attention, and I used to listen to uh, um, people like D Nice and like Biz, mm-hmm. and Biz gives me advice a lot because Biz Biz did. Exactly what I'm trying to do, what I'm in the middle of attempting to accomplish, Biz already accomplished. And he, he was like, he said, you know what's worse for me? I was like, what? He was like, I, I had a hit. So I'm, I get there at 10 o'clock ready to spin, and motherfuckers like, yeah, do just a friend. And I'm like, yeah, all right, I'm DJing though. I'm just warming it up. Like, mm-hmm. hey, nah, nah, do just a friend, man. You ain't no fucking DJ. Like, do just a friend. And he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna play some jams. And they like, you. You got come on, biz. And he like, yo. He's like, so it was harder for me because I had a hit and they wanted to hear that. So, you know, I listen to Biz a lot, man, and and, and he gives me advice and him and like DJ Cool. You know what I'm saying? Biz like whatever you need, whatever records you need, whatever edits you need, like, cause I want you to be able to do this shit for as long as you want to do it because you're you're actually good at it. And I know that you care about the culture of it. So yeah, whatever you need. So yeah, business business is one of my mentors. He's dope. Even though we, I mean, we are in this beautiful, aka somewhat of a studio. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta do our DJC sponsorship. So we. Oh we, yeah, please. So we do. Uh, we let our guest read it if. Oh, if you're yeah, so kind. You don't have to so rap kind. at it. <laughs> I'm definitely not gonna rap. At it. <laughs> this episode of the Road Podcast is sponsored by DJ City. DJ City is the leading supplier of new music for DJs around the world since 2000 and. One, they've been providing and working. Oh, they've been providing working DJs with the latest club and radio songs, including exclusive intros, remixes, acapellas, and more. You can tell me your phone's gonna die. Any DJ can subscribe for for less than a dollar a day, and you can get all of the tools you need to rock a party, a club, a mix show, or a bar mitzvah. Check out djcity.com right now for more info. Pew, bitch. <laughs> You were working with uh, you were like on the road with Jazz, uh, Jazzy Jeff, and like you were like and like his MC hype man. Yeah. And did you like get like did you kind of pick up any DJing shit from that pretty much or? I mean, with Jeff, yeah. I mean, I learned from Jeff the same thing that y'all learned. You know what I mean, like the Peter Piper routine. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, with Jeff it was it was weird because like I don't talk to him no more. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's just a, it's weird. It just did it did I mean you stopped touring with him and it just ended or like? I, well, I quit. Um, I moved out here. Uh-huh. You know, Jeff because Jeff is still in Delaware. I quit. I moved out here. And the thing about it is when I when I started DJing. When I was with Jeff, I had no aspirations to be a DJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I quit, it was strictly, I'm like, I'm going to just stay on my songwriting shit. 
I didn't know. DJing just happened for me. And um, yeah, I quit. And um, did you quit because you were moving out to LA? Or yeah, that that would that had a lot to do with it. Um, I was further away from home base, um, and I want I was in a relationship at the time. My girl was out here, mm-hmm. and um, I quit. And then like a year later, I would go back home, and um, my people were doing events, and I would DJ at home because I knew I could still be whack at home, and I wouldn't get booed because <laughs> nobody really expected me to be. Dope. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like all oh, that skills. He just up there fucking around. Like right. nobody's taking me serious. Like, oh, that transition was nasty. Oh, that's cut <laughs> one sharp at all. It's home. So then it just I started uh I started taking it serious. And um me and him just yeah. I I never I don't even talk to him anymore. Do you think there was I mean like a bitterness on his side or you're not sure or what? I don't know, man. Like, I would have to ask him, and we don't even talk. And it, and so it's like you asked me what did I learn from Jeff, and I'm like, when I think about it, I'm like, I learned that it's business. Never personal. It was never personal, and I thought, I don't know. I mean, in the beginning, it bothered me. You know what I'm saying? Like, Because yeah. it was like, damn, like, what the fuck happened? You know what I'm saying? Like... And he just stopped talking to me. Like, we didn't kick it no more. We, we weren't friends. And I'm like, this can't be. This can't be because I'm DJing. Today. I was about I to ask you that. Sense. Was it because you, you, he felt like you were competition now? How can I be in competition with Jazzy? It's fucking Jazzy Jeff. Right. That's the true. greatest yeah. hip-hop DJ in the world. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> amazing guy. Amazing guy. Yeah. Amazing DJ. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything bad to say about him. Because he took me around the world twice. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But I don't even talk to him anymore. And it, it should, I, don't understand, I don't know why. The last time I talked to Jeff, uh, shit is kind of hard. Um, the last time I talked to Jeff was uh, he started having these playlist retreats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the first one goes by. And uh, Lonnie B went. Lonnie B is like one of my homies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I introduced him to Jazzy Jeff. He goes to Jeff's house. He had his top secret DJ retreat. And he comes back to Virginia. He's like, oh, shit was amazing. Scratch was there. Questlove was there. And I was like, really? Like, damn. Damn. So I was like, all right, cool. No biggie. I just keep, keep focusing on trying to get better. And at this point, I just started aligning myself with DJs that I liked. And the DJs that were just cool dudes, the junkies, mm-hmm. J Rock, Redmatic would come to the. I had a studio in Cover City, J Rock, I mean, Redmatic would come through, Manuel. Then he had another one. And I'm seeing the pictures and shit, and I'm just like, damn, like, like, the fuck? Did I do something? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then me and Manuel were like swinging hard. Manuel's teaching me hella shit. I'm at Manuel's house like once a week. Cause I wanted to get better at shit I didn't know how to do. Mm-hmm. Juggling. And I remember telling Clark Kent, I was like, I'm gonna be the first rapper to fucking juggle and rap at the same time. Clark Kent was like, yeah, nah, you can't do that shit. I was like, all right, cool, watch. <laughs> Just did it like this year. Two weeks ago. Yeah, we saw the so, <laughs> yeah, was a good one. So Manuel goes to Jeff's house for the retreat. And this is the third year they had it. 
And I was like, shit was aching me. Like, it was fucking with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, did I do something to him? Like, that he don't even want to fucking talk to me? Like I, know, like, I know his kids. Like, I've stayed at his house a million times. And it was one night I was drinking, bro. I was, I was in my feelings. I'm looking at all these pictures on the gram. I just fucking text him. It's like, Jeff, hit me back. Skills, what's up? I said, yo, can I ask you something? He's like, yeah, what's going on? I said, yo, how come I never get invited to the playlist retreat? And he was like, you know, you see the bubble come up where somebody's speaking, then they three dots, yeah. it goes away, and then it comes back up. Bubble come up, go away, come up, go away. And I'm like, I'm like, damn, I wonder what he's gonna say to me. It's a long message. So he goes, yeah, man, um, being that it's at my house, I can't invite everybody that I want to. And I was like, wow. Yeah. And I just typed, wow. And then he goes, I never told nobody this shit, so this shit is kind of weird for me. But fuck it. He goes, plus I didn't think it would be something you would enjoy. And I was <laughs> like, huh? wow. And I goes, I said, all right, man. And he goes, am I right? Question mark. I said, no, man, we good. That was the last I talked to Jazzy Jack. Damn. Like, and I'm just like, because at first it was just DJs. And I'm like, okay, maybe you don't see me as a DJ. Cool. But then I started seeing artists. Like, and I'm just like, that's when I knew. I was like, yeah, it was just business. Like, and it fucked with me when it happened. And to be honest with you, I don't think I would have went as hard as I did with the DJ and shit if he hadn't said that to me. Because it was almost like in the beginning, bro, I was trying to prove a point to him. Yeah, like, damn. Like, I'm going to be one of the best at this shit. Like, it's cool you want to label me a rapper. I'm going to be the, one of the best rapping DJs ever. Because my, my homie, like, who was, the, who was the biggest fucking hip-hop DJ ever... Like, has DJ retreats and don't even fucking lift a finger to say, come down. Like, and we were together 13 years. So, it is what it is, man. Like, it bothered me at first. I'm cool with it now, but it shit bothered me. Do you think there's like a level of hurt on his side about something? I don't know. If it is, he definitely never said anything to me. Because there's definitely like a wall. Of communication that's like you know what i'm saying where he's maybe not telling you everything and then bro it was like when i first started i used to dj in his basement just fucking around yeah. like i would go to his gig we would go to gigs and i would be in the night like the night before i'm at his house and i would be downstairs and I'd be like yo i was killing it downstairs last night yeah like bro there's three thousand people in the basement like i used to just be playing like <laughs> and then it was like i remember for christmas he gave me a, a, a bag like a, a, with my logo on it, like a remix bag, a jetpack. Gave me a bag and she was like, yo, you want it in, you in. Gave me a bag and shit. And I was yeah. just like, fuck, like. And then after that, I, I started going hard with it. And it was like, he stopped talking to me, like all together. Damn. And to this day, I don't know, I don't know what I did or what I didn't do, but wow, it shit fucked with me. Yeah. For the first yeah. two years, like it fucked with me. And that's the reason why I was in the room like break, like sweating, bro, with a wife beater on, trying to figure out how to juggle, trying to figure out how to flare. 
trying to figure out how to chirp. You got fa- you got good really fast. Like I followed you on the Instagram and I was like, oh, he's DJ now. This is great. And then it was just like, oh shit, he's he's really good now. It's I'm crazy. the type of person, man. I wanna I wanna know. I wanna whatever it is I can't do. I wanna know. Yeah. And you gotta understand when I DJ when I first started, I got it was only two type of people. It was either DJs that were like, oh, fuck, here comes another one of these fucking rappers. Shit slowed down, so here y'all motherfuckers come. Yeah. And then it I, it would be DJs that yeah. were like, all right, nah, the skills, he's a home. Like, he's been in hip-hop, like, five, bro, I had fucking nine factor in college, bro. Like, he's a he's a legend. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. whatever, if you, you want to chop it up and do some cuts, like, fine, I think that's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, I just remember, like, I was like, I'm going to get good at this shit. And I want to get so good at it that one day, you know, I'm going to feel that, you know, I'm going to feel that from the DJ community. Because right. I didn't know it was so shady and shit, like, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of hate and shit, but I'm used to, like I told y'all earlier, I'm used to being the underdog. Right, right. So yeah. I was like, I just want to learn how to do shit. Not because I'll ever do it, but I'm like, if I want to juggle, I want to fucking juggle. If I want to be able to do a routine, I want to be able to do a routine. Not saying I'll do it in a party. I figured out what kind of DJ I wanted to be right when I started. So after that, I was like, anything else is just icing on the cake. Yeah. So yeah, man, nah. I, I, and what, what would fuck me up was when people would give him credit for the shit that I did and I worked hard at. And that bothered me in the beginning. Because I would put up a routine and catch like, shit, well, if I was touring with Jazzy Jeff for 13 years, I'd know how to do that shit, too. And I wanted to be like, he ain't teach me this. <laughs> I learned this shit off, man, well, fucking chalk. And yeah. watching fucking DJ Angelo videos. Like, so how I many practiced. years has it been since you started DJing? I want to say five. Mm-hmm. Maybe right. four now. Somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. But... You know, I started, like, I really took this shit super serious from jump. And and the people who recognized that, like the Manuels and the J-Rocks and Lonnie B's, DJ B, they were like, nah, like, you for real. And I'm like, this shit just ain't happening, bro. Like, I stay in the room by myself for hours trying to figure this shit out. Yeah. So. Do you, do you, do you, well, sorry to interrupt nah, you. No, it's all good. Well, do you think, like. He felt like you were part of his brand, and then when you went off, and then you wanted to do your own thing, it was like, damn, I thought this dude was ride or die for my brand, and he like went off and kind of like went off to do his own shit, and then like I kind of trusted him to hold me down and hold down my brand, uh, and and then kind of felt maybe, slightly betrayed or whatever, you know? Maybe what I mean? so, I, but I don't think so because he's not that kind of person, mm-hmm. like. Like I said, man, amazing dude. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, good dude. But I can't see that. Like, yeah. it's like you're you're the greatest. Mm. You're, you're top tier, one of the greatest. You know what I'm saying? If not the greatest hip-hop DJ. Mm-hmm. You're one half of the greatest hip-hop duo ever, damn near. So, I don't know, man. Like, because I wanted to do something on my own. You know what I'm saying? Like, DJing just fell in my lap, bro. Like I said, it only happened because I went home and cats let me rock and I ain't get booed. And I'm sitting there like, well, shit, I want to be able to do this shit 
For real. I don't want to just DJ for 15 minutes while you go to the bathroom. I'm starting to like this shit. <laughs> yeah. I want to be able to DJ. So, and my, here's the thing. My name would get me to gigs. But if I was whack, I only get one shot. So if you fly me to Portland on the strength of the fact that you're a DJ and you bang the knife factor and you've been following my Instagram and you do a monthly hip-hop party and you think I could be dope yeah. and you book me and I fly out there, I only get one shot, bro. Yeah. If I'm whack that night, I can't have a bad night. Right. If I'm whack that night, I ain't coming back to Portland. It's like, oh shit, he the homie, but yeah, for a two hour set, yeah, he ain't the dude. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm like, I get grilled extra yeah. because of who I am. So it's like people are like, oh man, you get the gigs because you mad skills. I'm like, bro, that shit don't help. It's just like starting all over again. Yeah. It's like hitting the real reset button. So that's the reason why I practice so hard, cause I'm like I can't fuck up. Yeah, I fuck up one time and I be oh I'm mad for the whole two hours, <laughs> because I started that record eight bars in and I was only supposed to start at four and the fucking vocals came in and I had to move the fader and now I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> like that's how hard I am on myself. Yeah, over a four bar to eight bar intro, like I get pissed and don't let the equipment go bad. Oh God, yeah, I'm the worst. <laughs> Cause I'm like, bro, you fucking, you booked me, you told me this mixture was dope, and your left channel don't work. <laughs> oh, your pitch off. So now I gotta fucking DJ and do math. Don't nobody in here care. You know what I'm saying? So my shit is like, you ever see me with the stress face in the booth? It's because I can't do what I came to do, and I'm all the way the fuck out of here. I have to do math. Now I gotta do math. Oh shit, this shit was 98. <laughs> Fuck, this shit is plus two already, so now I gotta bring this shit back. <laughs> I just wanna bring in this is how we do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's weird for me, man. I'm I'm super anal about it because I take it so serious. There was that uh Instagram video that you posted where you were actually rhyming and juggling the beats and everything like that. Right. That was so great. Thank you, man. Um, it's it's hard now because everything that's I wanna do has already been done. So it's like I can't put up a routine where I'm cutting rock the bells. I'm like, all right, skills, I got it. <laughs> but I did though, only because I I just figured out how to do it. Yeah. But um, I remember Clark Kent telling me like, like yeah, nah, you you won't be able to rap and like juggle at the same time. He he thought I was gonna do like the J Live shit, like oh you just bring the record back to the top and shout the J Live because that's amazing what he does. But I'm like, no, I want to cut while I'm in the verses. I want to cut up certain parts and. I did it, and I remember showing it to Manuel. Because I remember I would be at Manuel's house trying out shit, and I'd be like, yo, I just don't know how to do the f how you chase down in the record. Like, I want to be able to catch the snare all the way down the record, and I'll do it. And he'll be like, he'll, I look at him, and he'll be like, who you just fucking did? <laughs> and I'm like, but, this but I did. It's not clean, though. Yeah, it's not sharp. He's like, yeah, because you just didn't, you just got close the fader. Just you're not closing the fader all the way. Just close it all the way, then come back, and then I'll do it. And he'll be like, "You see?" And I'm like, "It was, it was at that point where I'm like, I just needed somebody else in the room that was telling me that I was doing it right, and it was just that one because it could be that one little thing that you're doing wrong that'll fuck the whole pattern up." Mm -hmm. And I remember he told me, "I'll never forget it." He was like, "Yeah, nah." I was like, "Yeah, I want to be able to." I'm a cut and I'm a head of record here, but I'm a fly in the joints. I said, nah, I just got to get to the certain parts of the record. He was like, just use the cue points. And I was like, but yeah, that's like cheating though. He was like, actually, it's not. He was like, it's not cheating. Not and I was like, I said, he said, why would you pick the needle up, try to find, 
your scratch when you could just hit a button? And I was like, yeah, you right. And he was like, he, he told me this. I'll never forget this one of the things. He's like, yeah, fool, you got to mix. He said, you got to mix smarter, fool, not harder. Yeah. And I was like. What were you working in? Relative mode or something? I don't know what the fuck I Sound was like doing. Sound like it. Something you probably was. <laughs> or like the settings was off. Right, because you got to understand. Moves. I didn't come in. I didn't even start DJing until like Serato DJ. So I was never on Scratch Live. Okay. Scratch mm-hmm. Live was like the end. Uh, so when I started, Serato DJ was out. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I think the first, I want to say the 62, it just came out. No, it was the, the other, whatever that other rain mixer was with the small ones. It like a 57, but it was... It had the buttons on it or whatever. So I came in on Serato DJ. Yeah. So it was just a situation where I was just like, all right, man, I'm going to figure this shit out and just staying in the room and just working. Yeah. What, what was the kind of DJ that you decided to be? I want to I be able to play everything. And I want to be able to entertain. So, you know, if you come see me DJ... Hey, <laughs> my fault. Awesome job. <laughs> I want to be able to entertain. So within like a two-hour set, I don't need nobody on the mic. Yeah, like I'm a host, DJ, and if it's some heads there and it's that kind of party, I'll spit a verse. Maybe do a non-factor, like play it from the stems and shit. Build, let the beat build up, and motherfuckers start going, "Oh shit, you got the stems for the non-factor." That's always a good part of the party, but. I just want to be able to just take people on a musical journey, man. And I, I realized that building a set, it, I could stay in the house and practice all day. But reading a crowd, yeah, mm-hmm. was a whole, oh, a whole yeah. beast. You got to yeah. be there. Mm-hmm. You got to do that shit. And it'd be nice. I'd be like, yo, I didn't read this shit right. And it'd be nice that I'll, I'll play the record. I'm like, yeah, nah, this is going to get everybody rocking. And then it's like, yeah, nah, I didn't. Now <laughs> what? <laughs> so, um, you know. I, I want to be that kind of DJ, and I look at people like Premiers and the Kid Capris, and like I said, the Biz, the nicest people like that. You know what I'm saying? Question. So, from your experience of uh, being an MC and rocking crowds, does some of that translate into your DJing with yeah. crowds? Because yeah. Because you you know you kind of like have a pulse. Yeah, and I'm comfortable on the mic. Yeah. So, um, yeah, pause. <laughs> I'm comfortable with speaking on the microphone while I'm playing. Um, so it's like once I figure out that balance between the two, uh-huh. um, yeah, nah, man, sky's the limit, man. Yeah. You know, I have fun with it, though. That's the thing about it, man. What I, what I realize and what I learned is that I love presenting music to people. And I've done it in so many different stages. Like in the beginning, I, I wrote it myself. I was an artist. Then I wrote it for people. Then I, you know, produced or whatever. But now it's like playing music for people gives me a joy that rapping doesn't anymore. Like I lost the passion for rapping, but I I can't I haven't lost the, the passion to present music to people. So when I run into the old head DJs that are so pissed about how shit is now and mm-hmm. shit motherfuckers don't even fucking want to party no more, I'm like yeah I, I haven't I ain't been DJing that long enough to get to that point. Yeah, like y'all are vets. You know what I'm saying? Like I I it's so many stories and experiences that y'all have had that I haven't had yet. So I'm looking. When I had my first whack gig, I was happy as fuck. Really? You got Boy, was that? No, when I had the first whack gig where I just got treated like shit by the sound man, my monitor wasn't up, nobody gave a fuck. It was a band playing. I was just the guy over there. Like they really treated me like shit. And I was like, everybody was like, yo, it's coming. Like that whack gig coming where you just it was a Christmas party too. And I was just like, fuck. I was like, but I feel like I made it though. 
I, t- I totally took because I was like I hadn't had my whack gig yet, and then I had it. So I yeah. look, I, I looked at it in a totally different light. You were just so happy to be spinning and shit, right? Yeah, I was like, damn. I was like, yo, shit, this shit was dope. Like I got treated like shit. The sound man was like, he wouldn't cut my shit up. <laughs> it was weird. The mixer was trash, and that's another thing I got to talk about. Like these DJs. Cause I haven't had a rant yet either. So here's my rant. These DJs, <laughs> if y'all have your equipment, you know your equipment is fucked up. Stop renting it out to another DJ that comes into the city that don't know that your fucking left channel is trash and your fader's broken. Just just don't give them the mixer. Like tell a motherfucker, like, yo, my left channel is nasty on this shit. This is all we have. You keep it right like, below. Yeah, like, yo, you keep your shit down there or you're going to bleed. Like, motherfuckers don't tell you that shit. And then you get to the gig and your shit's all fucked. I hate that. It happened to me like twice. And I just hated it. And yeah, I, had I haven't, had, I haven't had that happen in a while. Yeah. The bleeding right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I get it. Sucks. I had it twice. That shit pissed me off. Do you prefer uh, turntables or CDJs? Turntables. I already know, but. Yeah, turntables, yeah. yeah. I. I the first time I touched CDJs was when I was on tour with Nicki Minaj. And, um, yeah, I was faking it till I made it. I didn't even know how to work them shits. Yeah. You was on tour with Nicki Minaj? Yeah. What tour was that? The Pink Print Tour in, like, 2015. Oh, shit. The video on my on my IG where I play, like, niggas in Paris, in Paris, and it's, like, 20,000 people, like, jumping, that was me in Paris on the Nicki Minaj tour. Wow. So, so you was, like, the um, DJ hype man? Yeah, that you, yeah, nah. I was the opening, opening DJ. Wow. And I was fucking faking it till I made it. You bro. were like a year in at that time. Yeah, I was like, I was only DJing for a year. And they was like, oh, we got CDJs. I was like, whew. Because <laughs> they was like, oh, Yo, you know, I didn't know. They like, yeah, no, no turntables because they, they, you know, they rumble. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> I didn't know that. So like, yeah, you could do CDJs. I didn't want to tell nobody I never DJed on CDJs before. Right. So I'm fucking, you know, Trying the lights go down and, it, and the fucking, I took one <laughs> CDJ to the room and was fucking with it and. I had a 62 and shit, and I was like, all right, well, maybe this shit works. And I hit the button, and the shit would play, and, I, and it didn't It didn't go through. I was like, damn, it don't have a kill on it, like a turntable and all that shit. I was mad. Yeah. But that video where I played niggas in Paris, in Paris, I was practicing. Yeah. I, I had no clue what the fuck I was That's doing. a good practice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's one way to practice. And that's when I remember it's about the music. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it's about mm-hmm. the music. Yeah. I realized that programming is probably like sixty to seventy yeah. percent of the night, and then skill might be, especially like, like in the nightclub setting. Yeah. And that's the yeah. reason. And that's another reason why I felt so confident in the beginning going into DJing because I know music exactly. And everybody yeah. would always say like, nah, "You know the music, nigga. You be all right. Yeah. You know not to play fucking Fat Man Scoop at nine forty-five. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you know that. So yeah. you know what I'm saying. You know not to play the hit." Opening and shit, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, nah, I know that, so it yeah. worked out. Um, what do you call it? Never, you were mentioning that you, uh, you were working like teaching hip hop in a university. Yeah, uh, I got a job last year, um, teaching a hip hop class, um, at a at a college at the same college that I used to rap at. It's weird. Oh, the not not the one I worked at. Not the one I worked at. Yeah, now, huh. that would have been awesome. That would have been an awesome story. Let me take you to this booth. Come on, guys. <laughs> this is where it all happened. But it was it's like up the street and shit. And um, it was a professor there. And uh, he reached out to me. And he was like, you ever thought about teaching? I was like, yeah, no. Like, no, you should teach. And I was like, no. You're very like, <laughs> you're like, nah. I, I always shoot the ideas down because I don't see him working. I got to stop that because that stops your growth. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, nah, man, I had a, it was the most popular class in the school. We had like 26 students. 
I don't have no degree. I was about to ask you, how was you able to do that with no type of degree? Because at the end of the day, um, the professor who wanted me to get the job, he pushed for me to get it. And they, they were clearly like, well, he doesn't have a degree. And, da, da, da. and then he told a dean, he said, well, if Brad Pitt wanted to teach an acting class here and he didn't have a degree, would we let Brad Pitt teach the class? And she was like, of course. He was like, he's the Brad Pitt of Virginia hip hop, basically. Mm. And she was like, she didn't get it. Yeah. And um, then she saw the, uh, the response from like people in the city and the news started covering it. It was in the paper. And this before I even got the job. And um, it was a one semester like job, like I only did it one semester, uh-huh. and um, and I was flying back and forth from L.A. to Virginia to do it, and um, yeah, nah, man, it was one of the best experiences I ever had. Because at the end of the day, if hip hop gave out degrees, we would all have one. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we we twenty twenty five years into this shit, if not more. So we would all you me and you we could all sit down and talk hip hop all fucking day. So if that's all we teaching, and you I just got to put it in the curriculum. That's super easy. Did you make your own syllabus and shit? Yeah. Yeah. I want to see that. <laughs> I, I mean, we covered everything, man. We covered, like, you know, just the politics of hip-hop, the beginning of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Did you do quizzes? Yeah. Or was like one you have, you have questions, like, like in the quiz? Like, like, yeah. It was like, what inspired these types of things? Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like trivia question, like what, you know, what did Jay Z get Rockefeller records from? Like shit like that. Uh, but it was their own take on it. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And um, one of the best lessons was um, we played, uh, I think we played them straight out of Compton. And then we played them um, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, uh, Girls Ain't Number Trouble. Uh-huh. And um, we had both videos up and then we played them. And then they thought we were going to ask them. We was like, both of these songs came out in the same year. Mm-hmm. So, we want you to tell us, and they were like, they were looking at us like, oh, they're gonna ask us what are the differences between NWA and Jazzy Jeff, and we were like, what are the similarities between these two songs? <laughs> and it was mind blowing how how deep they went with the answers. Like one dude was like, yeah, like at the end of the day, like um, the police show up in both songs. It's just crazy, and I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, <laughs> and and it, it, it was like it was like the other dude said he another kid said he said it's 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 crazy how um uh how NWA looks at women like in NWA's world women are they're not good they're like gold diggers they're just hoes or you know they're objects and he was like and at the end of the day Will got taken by a gold digger mm. and I was like damn he it was did. teaching you. Right, like so, I'm in there learning. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they were like, at the end of the day, NWA's biggest, you know, their biggest oppression and who the per- the person they're most scared of in their neighborhood is the cops. It basically, it's fuck the police because of how they treated them all this time. And Will Will's biggest problem at the end of that song was, how am I going to tell my mom and dad about this shit? Yeah, yeah. Like it was crazy, man. I learned so much in that class, so much. That's deep. <laughs> Are you still like doing it now, or just? No, nah, it was for one semester. Um, the professor wants to bring me back, but I told him. Um, I told him I was like, yeah, if y'all want to bring me back, like I got to be a part of like faculty. Right. Like, I was an artist in residence. I was like, I want to be faculty. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so just you know, the people you know that you know my daughter would have an option to, to go there and tuition right, right. free or something like that. I'm like, it's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be a little more if I'm coming back to Richmond every two weeks to teach a class. Like, you know, y'all some gonna, incentives. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be some incentives. But 
you know, I've you know a couple other um, universities have contacted me too. But, yeah, um, well, nothing like, in stone yet, but we'll see. Like when I was in college, oh, I had like a juvenile a juvenile justice class, and my teacher happened to be one of the contestants on the White Rapper Show. <laughs> <laughs> so it was VH1. Yeah, yeah. On that on that uh, MC Search one. Yeah. So he would bring in like he'll try to put like some real life scenarios with hip hop and shit like that. So right. kind of yeah yeah. That's like insane. Kind of but yeah, he was like, yeah, I was on the White Rapper show. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, forgot about that show. <laughs> I was like, that shit yeah. Was yeah, I definitely forgot about that show. Did they only do one season? Yeah. I think, it, I think it so. It might have been one or two, but it definitely wasn't a lot. It's funny because he he had to leave the show because he was at USC at the time. Yeah. And he was getting his degree for teaching. Oh, wow. And I remember watching that show when I was a kid and I was like, oh, shit. And then it comes in full circle. I was like, oh, you had to leave. <laughs> to get your teaching degree that's to classic. teach me <laughs> that's classic that's crazy yeah. yeah do you um do you ever think back on like uh you know at your like your journey from beginning to end and think if like if you didn't have some of the obstacles with certain some of the labels that you wouldn't have been i mean i feel like you you've done teaching right djing writing you know r&b you've done almost everything you almost touched everything i feel like if you just if you just were like rapping, it might have just limited your journey right. a little bit. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, I I think everything was meant to happen the way that it happened. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, I came out on the same day as all eyes on me in the score, but fuck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, man, the, the opportunities that you know losing that battle and you know not not coming out and being from Virginia and all of the things. Like I said earlier, it just it makes me feel like just just keep pushing. It's always something new to learn. Yeah, yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I'm a student. I love being a student at a game, so I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I know enough. You know yeah. what I mean? So I just keep pushing, man. Yeah. I could have you know, if I'd have went platinum or some shit and sold ten million in ninety eight, I probably would have lost my fucking mind. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's so many rappers that came out when I did that they probably don't know what the fuck to do right now. Yeah. I was about yeah, to say man. you was pissed off that you didn't get the um, Bubba Sparks beat for Ugly. Yeah, it's like uh, I, haven't heard from Bubba, I haven't heard from Bubba Sparks in a minute. Man. <laughs> right. It, it kind of worked out for you. Yeah, right. well, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, he had what Miss New Booty. Yeah, that's the yeah. last and one. That's about it. Yeah, I was like, oh, what, oh, yeah. yeah, and I think I think he um, last I looked, I think he took it. You know, he 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 got. I think he got sober and shit. He was dealing with a whole lot of other shit. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, man, motherfucker's still alive. And still yeah. on this earth to be able to wake up another day and see their family and 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 do what they love, man. You know, it's it's a good place to be in. I think sometimes when I look at like success and I see people who like achieve success and maybe it may come suddenly, or it may be like such such like immense success right. that it actually be it like makes them like really not self aware. Yeah, and they become like borderline delirious like right. delusional about what's going on yeah and then obviously like they don't realize you know how short-lived everything can be and they think it'll go on forever and then when everything collapses it's even even you like, don't even know what the hard fuck to do. it's harder because harder. you don't know how to pick up after that and you, you had know? nobody to tell you and and i remember will telling me something that quincy jones told him once he was like yo man everybody can't fly thirty thousand feet like it's not meant for everybody, mm-hmm. and you know, it's a you know, fame is the worst drug known to man, because at the end of the day, I, I think about it like, 
when you're famous and then you become unfamous, even though you got money, everybody's straight, family straight, maybe a generation later, they still might have some land right. or some businesses that'll get passed down to them. No amount of money can make you famous as you once were. So then you get people that's like, I got money, but it's like, I want to be famous again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, nah, that shit was like once, nigga. That's like lightning <laughs> in a bottle. That yeah. shit ain't happening again. Not like that. Because people know you now. You're of a certain, you're that guy that made da-da-da-da-da. So it's like humbling yourself to just have to be that person. That's a hard thing, man. Yeah. Like That's a hard thing, and some people can't deal with it. I never understood why people wanted to be famous and didn't, you know, and wasn't comfortable with what they had already made. Like, you know, the football player that got to that got to fucking get the chain with his number around it cuz don't no girls know him cuz he play a sport where he got a fucking helmet on. Like, we don't even know who the fuck you are. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like tell them motherfuckers defensive linemen for, you know what I'm saying, the Philadelphia Eagles in this bitch like you got to you got to announce that, my nigga. <laughs> like Damn, that's real. Like, it's not so. It's not. It's not enough for you to just be the number one DB in the league and bought your mom a house and kids. It's not enough. You still want to come in here and mm-hmm. I don't get that part. Just enjoy life, bro. Yeah, yeah. Just enjoy life, man, and celebrate it because nobody, nobody's promised this shit. Yeah. And I've been famous and been looked at as damn nigga. You you lost it. Yeah. So it's yeah. like if I if I never blow. I'll always be up and coming. I'll take always up and coming. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> I'm cool. I don't want I don't want to be so big that I can't go to the mall and buy my nephew some sneakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I don't wanna I, I'm cool on that. Yeah. Like I, it's cool right here. Oh shit, man, skill. Oh shit, man, take a picture with me. Cool. All right, boom. I don't wanna not be able to fucking go to the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> that shit. You think it's whack, but that shit is. I love that part of it. Right, right. I don't want to not be able to do that. And some people are so famous they can't do that shit. Yeah. I remember Will telling me he's like, man, the last time I went to the mall, it was thirty five years ago. <laughs> That's so I said what? <laughs> last time I went to the mall was thirty five years ago. I was like, damn. Don't get me wrong, everybody good, but god damn, can't even go to the mall. <laughs> shit, can't even go to the grocery store. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I just always think that I, I see like really successful people, and there's like a misery attached to the something, fame and everything. Something yes. missing. Yes. Like, if you don't know who you are, man. Because everybody, yeah. like, when you become so famous, everyone wants a piece of you. Yep. And it's yeah. not like it's not like a humble fame or respectful fame. Like sh- sometimes street fame or like hip hop fame can be like respect. It's more of a like. Oh, yo, there he is. and then Right. And, and then, then it could be fear. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could be fear as well. Like, like I remember I had a, 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 a guy tell me at a bar in Philly. He was like, yo, what you do? I was like, yo, I rap. He was like, I rap where? I was like, yo, we just did the electric factory. Like, shit was lit. He was like, well, how come ain't no bitches in the lobby? And I was like, <laughs> What? He's like, listen. He took his, he took a he took put his coat on. He took one more hit of his drink. He said, listen here, young blood. Tap me on the shoulder. He said, make records for who you want to see in the hotel lobby after your show. And he left. Wow. And I was like, why haven't I been making records for women my 
my whole life. <laughs> I automatically started thinking about LL and you know what I'm saying, motherfuckers and girls just like, ah. I like, I get motherfuckers in the lobby that want to cipher and they want to talk about why Tribe broke up. That's all I get. I don't get shit else. I get yo skills. Come on, bust a freestyle for me, dog. Yeah. You want to battle? I get those niggas. I don't get chicks. So in that instance, I was like, damn. Who, what you make music for, who you make music for, that's who's going to be in the lobby. So if you're a gangster and you talk about all this blood shit, all this crip shit, all this gang shit, Mm-hmm. And and how you so real and you so thug. Don't be surprised when them niggas is waiting for you at the hotel. Because they want to check your gangster. Just make records for chicks. <laughs> at this point. Because you don't want all that drama. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's trying to rob Talib Kweli. You, you feel <laughs> what I'm saying? You get certain rappers and you they like, yo, man, niggas be hating on me, dog. Niggas always trying to fuck my whole shit up, man. Them mm-hmm. pussy ass things like, nigga, that's the kind of shit you make. You surprised that they here? Yeah. Because <laughs> you just came to their city and you rapping about all this money you got, all this fucking accolades you got. And they like, nigga, we got money too. Fuck you, nigga. Yeah. Especially if they try, hey, yo, nigga, get a drink or something with me. He like, oh no, security, like, nah, we can like fuck them niggas. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Niggas got ran out of town because of shit like that. Yeah. It's real. Make records for who you want to see in the hotel lobby. That's why we can't be so hard on these kids, man. Because these kids, they want to be musicians, but then they start trying that street shit, and then they get fucked up behind it. Like you see this kid six nine, like that shit is fucked up. Don't get me wrong, he was clout chasing like a motherfucker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to see I don't want to see no young male in jail not being able to take care of his family. But and no one ever showed him the right way either. Right. You know? So I'm like, just because it ain't our shit and we don't like it, stop dragging these kids because they think they gotta be tough. Mm-hmm. Let little Yachty be little Yachty and just make that little Yachty shit. And let him be a kid. He a kid in a fucking in a room with a computer and he figured some shit out and he made some money. Yeah. Like stop let him let him buy his chain in his car. Like leave him alone. He, he ain't tough. <laughs> and that's the thing about these kids. They gotta understand if they don't want to do that, they still have to be able to have a lane. We call them corny and they corny as fuck. This shit whack. Man, let them little niggas live. This shit ain't for us. Like yeah. I told you it's their car now. Let them try their car. <laughs> that's right. <Yeah. laughs> hey yo skills. Uh, yo, thanks for coming through. Oh man, man. thank y'all for having man. me. Man. I appreciate this it. This was amazing, bro. Pleasure. Got more questions. We got more questions. Oh, you got one more? I have a question also. Okay, okay go ahead. I will get one. to him. I'll get him quick. Let's get Okay, it. cool. Are you bringing this your element of DJ into the rap of this year? Like the scratch and drop the beat? Am I exposing too much? I might. Okay, cool. Oh, but that'll be but great. because I'm tr- I'm trying to think, I'm like the beat juggle shit. It could know? work. I think that'll that'll go viral. It could work. Yeah. The DJs would love it, but then the other people be like, oh, what was that? You no. know what I mean? It's like that fine line. I think you'll be introducing that new part of you to, you know, all of those or people. Or do the, the DJ version and the non-DJ version. Yeah. You'll be introducing <laughs> I, I wish, and it's funny because me, you know, me being a rapper, like, so automatically my rapper brain goes into a certain mode when I'm DJing as far as, like, wordplay and shit. Like, I yeah, hear yeah. somebody mm-hmm. say something like, and, you know, Tribe Called Quest. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to loop that part and I'm going to bring in a Tribe record. Da, 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 da. So... I've always thought about doing that, but I'm like, it's four minutes. It's no hook because it's just straight bars. It's, you know how hard it is to keep a motherfucker's attention for four minutes? It's fun. With no hook? It's a fun record, though. <laughs> so 
don't know. Maybe not this year because I already got the beat for this year. And I might fly in a couple. But, yeah, I don't know. I'll see. Yeah. I'm gonna start working on it tonight. That's the funny part. I'm going to the studio right when I leave here to start working on it. Don't. Oh, I just got one question. Yes, sir. One of my favorite joints you did was um the remix to Aaliyah, Are You That Somebody? Yes. With oh. the Super Friends. Yes, Lonnie B, Danger Mouth. What no what made you decide to do to rap over that beat? Well, it was Danger Mouth's idea. Um and uh I knew I was already in with Tim and Missy, so mm-hmm. um I knew it wouldn't you know, it wouldn't, they wouldn't trip. And that was the first time, that, that was weird because, you know, we rapped over something and then had the audacity to go to the radio station like, yo, here's our version. Yeah. And it just so happens that the nigga at the radio station was our homie. Mm-hmm. So he played it. So an unofficial remix became a remix because I looked up and we were on we were on tour with Aaliyah like we was at the tunnel with Aaliyah and shit. Yeah, because that record was getting played in the clubs. Yeah, we it, it got played so much they was like, oh, this is the official remix. We got plaques and everything for mm-hmm. that shit. Wow. Was there a music video? No, they had already shot the video. They wasn't trying to spend that kind of money. But <laughs> yeah. you know, if anything, if they BDS was staying up, they didn't give a fuck what the version was. They yeah. was as long as it's getting spins. But it was Danger Mouth's idea. He came to the studio with it, and then uh, he introduced it to me. I think it was me, and then I rapped on it. Mm-hmm. And then Lonnie heard us and was like, nah, fuck that shit. Like, I'm rapping on this shit, too. <laughs> and then we gave it to the DJ at the radio station. He started playing it, and it started picking up. And um, Atlantic was like, yeah, nah. Like, that's the official remix. And then the next thing I know, we was fucking chilling with Aaliyah. Mm. Wow, that's crazy. And it, the history was made. Yeah. Damn. I got one more question. Yeah. Where can we find the DJ AM tribute song that you made? Because that's one of my favorite joints. Uh, Adam. It's on an album. It's on one of the last, yeah, I think it was E1 that I did. Uh, it's called, it might, be the, it might be The World Needs More Skills. Because it's definitely it's not a million dollar backpack. Um and it was on my SoundCloud too. Um, Wait, what is this? It's a song I did called Adam that uh, I did right after DJ AM passed. And um, oh shit, it was a dope tribute song. Huh? Yeah, nah, and and it's funny because he he was on my album because when I did the million dollar backpack, I was walking around with a recorder asking people like, yo, asking DJ like, yo, what's in your backpack? Yeah, and he's like, yo, what's in my backpack now? And I'm like, yeah, he's like, two condoms. Two Serato records, two regular records, <laughs> and that was it. Like, and he he was super. I, I I mean, I wish he was here, man, because he he was just a super fucking funny dude, and and we never knew that he was going through any of that shit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think I I want to say the first time I I remember I was at Roscoe's on Gower. I was eating, and he texts me. He's like, yo, where are you at? I was like, I'm at Roscoe's. He's like, walk out, make a right, make a left, and then make an immediate right, walk up to the gate, and say you're you're on AM's list. And it was the middle of the day. It was like a Sunday. I know where you ended up. And I'm like, the fuck is he talking about? So I walk out. It's like a fucking like a, a, <laughs> scavenger, a hunting. scavenger hunting shit. I'm like, walk out. I, I, I hear music. I'm walking, and I get to... Uh, it looked like a house, but it was a party. But it was it, like it was a house party at somebody's house. Mm-hmm. So I tell the group, I said, I'm with AM. He's like, all right, cool. cool. So I walk in, and it, it's it's a whole bunch of people in the back of this house, and it's trash cans and shit on the side. I see like a, a kill from like J5. I see a couple other cats. Like I think I saw like Defari. And I walk up, 
And he fuck, he's DJing, and this is all these fucking people in front of him and shit. And he hands me a microphone, and he starts playing a knot factor. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I do the knot factor, and it just it goes off. Everybody's like, oh, like the, the Cali heads are like rocking to it and shit. And I think I think the party was called Banana Split. Yeah. And um, he would do that every fucking time I was around. Like, it was the weirdest shit. It would be, Ve- bro, it would be Vegas. It would be 1 a.m. Straight fucking. Like, all of this shit. White girls everywhere. We're in the palms. The fucking, the fire is running. And he would fucking stop. Chew. And I would hear. And he would fucking give me the microphone. And I'm like, No. Not now. This is not. And he would just look at me and go, I got to keep it real. I got to keep it real. And I'm like, nobody wants to fucking hear this song here tonight. Like, it's 1 a.m. in Vegas, bro. Yeah. Fuck do you mean? <laughs> like, E! Entertainment is in here. Access Hollywood. This is the T-Mobile sidekick <laughs> launch party. Nobody knows me in this bitch. And he would be like, I got to keep it real. And it was the, it would be the coolest shit, man. But... I never wanted to do it, but he always made me. And he was just, man, he was one of the funniest guys, man. He was, al- he was always such a fan, right? Just of hip-hop super, and shit. Super. Yeah. Like, super fan. Like, we would just talk sneakers and fucking sneakers and, and music. Like, and he, and he would be like, oh, shit, like the Nod Factor. Like, he always had stories and shit. <laughs> and I'm like, I never forget one time we was in Vegas. It was me, him, and Jeff. And we're sitting down. And this DJ comes in. He's like, oh, fuck. AM and fucking Jazzy Jeff. Like, what the fuck? And they're like, and they're like, yeah, what's up, man? He's like, yo, man, y'all didn't go to the, to the DJ, to the march? And Jeff and AM are like, what march? He was like, yo, like the fucking million DJ march. Like, y'all didn't know about it? And AM goes, DJs marched? And he was like, yeah, how the fuck did y'all not know about that? And AM was like, what were they marching for? Like, fucking needle rights (laughs) like he was so funny man he was such a cool dude i never knew that he was going through any of that shit and that just goes to say like what you were saying earlier man like you never know what a person's going through and that fame and shit is real is real and a lot of people can't deal with it man and he he was never comfortable you know what i'm saying with with all of this Hollywood, L.A. shit. Like, he was ahead, man. He was a fucking sneakerhead. He was spending all his money on fucking old Run DMC tour shirts and shit. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And just a mastermind with that shit. Like, I wish he was still here, man. Like, I miss that dude a lot, man. Yeah. Rest really. in peace. Yeah. Cool. Hey, yo, Skills, thank you, man. Yo, thanks for coming man. through, man. Thanks for sure, it's bro. been Appreciate such a pleasure, it, bro. Thank you. Thank you, Appreciate it, bro. Respect. Yes, sir. Keep doing your thing, bro. Keep, we'll doing, do. keep doing those Vogue parties that I saw Quincy record you at. <laughs> yes, that was a good party. <laughs> yes. Oh, and you can follow me on everything at Skills VA. That's S K I L L Z V A. Skills VA. Bad. Yeah. Peace.